0: Hello, and welcome to Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gregson. My mission is to find everyday people who are delightful. The people I interview have attractive energy and a positive outlook on life, and I want to give them a platform to share their stories so that others can have hope in the midst of their struggles and see delight in a world that at times can seem gloomy. I will uncover the life experiences of the guests that I interview, which have enabled them to look at life in such an inspiring and delightful way. With the belief that to understand the light, one has to be acquainted with the dark. My guests will share their personal experiences on finding their way through dark and hopeless times and give us a glimpse into the powerful gifts they received in their darkest hours to rise up, take up hope, and view life through new, hope-filled eyes. Is it possible that in our darkest hours, we are given a gift to find the light which leads to our greatest delights? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gregson. Tonight's gonna be a fun one. I was telling Nate Hills, who is my guest tonight, that um, this may this may be like the first story that uh, that someone shares on my podcast that absolutely like one ups my story, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, it, and probably not in the right way, right? But like, I'm, I, as I as I learned about you, Nate, and and I'll give you the details real quick uh, for the audience. But um, on Facebook Messenger, I got this message one day from um a lady that uh, my wife and i used to go to church with in provo quite a few years ago and she simply took this article and forwarded it to me and she said hey you need to read this article i think this guy would be an amazing guest on your show and lindsey far harper is her name and uh her and her husband are, are so such cool people so of course when i saw it from her i'm like yeah i'm gonna read this because you know i know who she is and and um anyway i started reading your story and uh wow what a story and so a lot. I'll give a little bit of background on this real quick. But first of all, um, Nate, you and your wife live up in Pleasant View, Utah. Yes. Which is up near Ogden, correct? Yep, just north of Ogden. Yeah. You drove a long way to come be here tonight. And I appreciate that, my friend. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh yeah, you're right up the street. <laughs> no, 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 man. This is all is almost Ogden. Pleasant Pleasant Grove and Pleasant View are two different places. Yes. I now know that tonight. <laughs> um, and and Nate, you're an insurance broker. And you and your life, you, you and your life, you and your wife, Mary Linda. You guys have three kids. You got 13, 15, 17 fifteen, seventeen-year-olds, two girls, one boy, and uh, you're just going after it for insurance as an insurance broker. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Um, you grew up as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yes, so you did end up serving a mission. But wow, there's quite the story before you left to go on a mission, and that's that's gonna be fun to talk. There was about an intermission. Yeah, <laughs> a little <laughs> intermission <bit. laughs> before the mission. <laughs> intermission lasts a long time sometimes. Nine years. Um, but I, I'll tell you. I, I'm gonna post this article that I read about you uh, when I post your podcast because I okay. think a lot of my guests would really be interested in reading that because it's beautifully written and it's a powerful story and so you're gonna hear it uh, you're gonna hear it tonight um, with with Nate here from his own mouth and you're gonna enjoy this story you guys so hang in there just 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 give it a listening ear this is a powerful story and um, Christ is is definitely a, a big part of this story so I'd say the main, main character wouldn't you oh yeah. yeah 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 so Nate my friend take it away
1: So my life is really good right now. I have, I married the prom queen for real. She was the prom queen of her high school. She's, she's super beautiful. You'll see it when you read the story, you can go click the link. And she is, I, I, people all the time, uh, just comment on how beautiful she is. And she is, and this is, my life is good and it's not good on accident. It's good from a process. And I am not any more special than anybody else out there that might be listening to this. And I don't know where you are in your story or where you are in your life. But if somebody sent this to you, or you're listening to this, I imagine if you're an addict, you probably won't even get this far. So if you have and you're an addict, good job. The, you did, you did uh, mention
0: <laughs> you did mention Beto's though, so there yeah, might be some. Beto's, yeah, yeah, there's a reason it, that place is open all hours yeah. of the night. Put,
1: put me on in the car and we're, go to Beto's right now. Yeah. Just take a drive. That's here. right. And uh, you know the one thing is is probably more families of addicts will like this more, and you'll be like, oh, I want, well, I want my. I want my family member to hear this. I want that person that's yeah. struggling to hear this because this will help them. Maybe this is what they need. And I know that desperation because I, I've had other friends and family members in my life that, uh, you know, I've, you know, people say, hey, Nate, tell, tell tell, them your story, bear your testimony, do all this. And, and um, you know, I guess hopefully the message that I would really like to convey tonight is is one is hope for families that are dealing with somebody who's an addict and f- hope for the addict for sure. And uh, the pathway the, that I went through and that you know, forest I went through. Um it's possible that anyone else can go through it. I don't know if you have to sink as low as I did to have what happened to me happen, but I do not know that I would recommend it to anybody cuz we're like, man, I want an experience like that. I'm like, well, I don't know. You know, what I mean cuz it's like when you go through a great trial, you get you might get a great blessing out of it, but the trial part of it is, is still pretty real. So, yeah, um I I went to college uh, after my mission. I went on a mission when I was 24. And I went to college after my mission. I, I got four O's in college, like not every time, but a lot of times. Way to go. That's yeah, awesome. And there were hard classes too. You know, I was I believe I was a zoology major the first time I uh, hit a 4.0. And that was really cool because even my dad, who's, uh, a really uh, renowned uh, dentist slash oral surgeon I'll call him because he was teaching the art of oral surgery and all that really a successful guy he's like I he's like, I don't even know if I pulled a 40 he probably <laughs> did and sorry I'm sure he did dad because sure if he hears this like he, he, I'm sure he did but he said that was really cool that you did that with really hard a hard load of classes and I was like man that's awesome to make my dad proud what's your dad's name it's Thane Hales Thane. and he's uh, he's a hero he's yeah. a big hero in this in this whole situation of my life as well yeah. and uh, imperfect like the rest of us and it wasn't always pretty but I actually um you know, there's moments in there where uh I feel like me and my dad were both like in Forrest Gump where the you know, Sergeant Dan is up on the, the mast of the ship and going, you know, is, you know, in the middle of the storm just goes, Is that all you
0: got? It's that all you can bring it.
1: So uh good I think that yeah. I think that um uh, that is something in our lives that we relate with really well. So when people come to me with a, a pain and problems and stuff, and you know maybe I, I see a friend and he and his wife start arguing in front of us, and I and I really look up to him, you know, because maybe he's a seminary teacher or something, and I'm like, ha, like I'm fine, honey, we're gonna be fine. Yeah. You know? So it's, uh, and he, yeah, you know, I actually got chastised. I was like, well, you shouldn't be happy that we're having pain. I was like, I'm, I just, you're just normalizing my that's, life. That's so. right.
0: Amen. Yeah.
1: So you're um, not perfect. Yeah, yeah you're not and, perfect, and you don't need <laughs> to be. We had, we had these neighbors. Well, my parents went through a divorce when I was about a ninth grader, and uh, we had these neighbors that they had a really good life, and they're such cool people. I won't say their names on here, but they they really they had a ranch, and I think their dad was an institute teacher and everything, and they really just had it together. We always liked them around because they had that kind of glow, and yeah. you know they just kind of had things going right, and and we were kind of the family that was falling apart. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know if we should let our kids go over there for a while. There's, there's chaos in <laughs> that house, and so and so because I, I did. I, when my dad was trying to raise us by himself, he he. Uh, you know, when he wasn't there, we'd throw parties and stuff. <laughs> and so it's like, no wonder the bishop didn't want his kids coming over here. Because, yeah, yeah. um, you know, he saw the parties. So... <laughs> So we we my dad my dad it I, I might not this is how I remember it okay so I'm sure I'm gonna get a text from him. that's not exactly what happened <laughs> let me but, tell you the real story yeah, hey Thane
0: when you it. when yeah. you hear this send me a sound bite and I'll plug yeah, it in exactly yeah. <laughs> so he says
1: hey kids come out come out here in the street you gotta see this they're like what what's going on somebody get a new car what's going on he's like no check it out and we look down the street and the neighbors he's like chasing around his, I think I think remember if it was the dad or the the teenage son chasing one around I think it was the dad with a shovel I'll come here I'm gonna oh! kill you this perfect family and he's like Hah. we're all like laughing and my dad's like we're gonna be okay yeah. It's gonna be okay. It's, it's gonna perfect, be all right, guys. It's a perfect families chasing each other around a shovel. Uh, we'll be fine. So it uh, just makes
0: you love him even more, oh, yeah. right? It
1: just brought. Uh, it did bring a lot of hope in a dark time. I was just so, gonna say, your dad, like, fight. Your,
0: your story <laughs> that you say, you, you talk about, and you're gonna tell people this, but your dad, his his part in the story. I think the reason that that he is able to show up like he did is because he's not perfect, right? Yeah. Our imperfections are what make us able to be used in a way where we can actually serve other people. Oh, when, yeah. when we're when we're perfect, if you will. We, we want to be careful to stay away from all the, the stuff, oh, yeah. right? Don't throw yourself in the stuff. Anyway.
1: Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. It, so that's how, that's how it was at my house. And so that's going back in time. So about the ninth grade, um, they put me, um, my grades started slipping because my parents are getting divorced and I really just didn't care. I think I had a girlfriend and I'd stay at her house all night, whatever, because no one was really watching. So I'd stay there and, and sometimes at five in the morning, most nights. And then, you know, they were trying to wake me up to go to school and I was tired. I was like, I was like, I don't even like get out of here. And I'd sneak out and I'd act like I'm going to the the bus and I'd run around the back of the house and just go back and go to bed. (laughs) Anyway, so (laughs) I I had quite a bit of trouble. And, and I I think uh, one of the things that happened to me, and and this is, I'm just going to be blunt about it because this is, these are things that affected my life. So you can have your opinion if you don't like what I say. But, uh, they put me on uh, some ADHD medication so that I would start getting better grades. Of course it had nothing to do with nothing to do with, I was staying at my girlfriend's house till five in the, five at night or five in the morning, 5.00 AM. Um, and that I didn't even care about school anymore. And so they just, they put me on some Adderall or what well, I sorry, it was, uh, Ritalin and they, and my grades did go up for a while, like the second half of the year they kind of went up and then I, I did get kind of hooked on them. And so I really liked the, the, um, yeah. Uh, so I was big into the amphetamines. And so as I see this kind of all these parents, they're going, oh, yeah, my kid, he just won't sit stale. I'm like, well, it, may, it might be a normal boy. Maybe there's some <laughs> other factors, you know, but they'll just pump them full of Adderall and all this. And I'm like, this is not good because I don't know the stats on it, but I had a brother in law who, who he, he, a friend of his did a kind of a senior thesis on. ADHD medications, amphetamines, methamphetamines. I, I'm not saying it's meth but it's a step but, to it. It's the same stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, like if t- you don't believe me, and your kid's on Adderall. Go, go, take a whole bunch of. Them. Just take one. you clean the whole house. You'll be like, oh,
0: this is America. I'm a limit, and you'll talk everybody's ear you'll off. Talk their ear <laughs> off.
1: You, you'll clean places in your house you've never cleaned before, and you're like, this is the most productive thing I've ever done. Well, I'll see you in three years and see how it's going. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so when you put amphetamines into a child, I've learned since that it actually wires their growing brains uh, towards. And yes, I'm probably going to get shot by a Company, just kidding. So, um, but if you, if you have uh, if you put amphetamines in a growing brain, I mean, I think it's the same reason you don't, you don't let kids under 21 drink because their brains aren't developed and they're a lot more susceptible to addiction and all this other stuff. So unbeknownst to my parents and me here, I've got amphetamines and things going into my mind and, and, you know, fixing all this. And it wasn't until I, this is going to sound really weird in 2021 but uh so, yes I, I one day i had a shotgun and i pointed it right at my i have a twin brother i believe it was my twin That was probably Matt. so I, I believe i pointed at him and he's just and he's just brazen guy and this is our 80s or not well he was probably 80 yeah the 80s and he's just like shoot me go ahead and my mom comes out this is before they were divorced and so yeah. they were uh
0: this is what caused the divorce <laughs> they might have been
1: in the middle of it yeah it was right around that yeah so i can't remember if this was before it would have been in the no, it would have been in the middle of it. Would sure. have been in the middle of war. So yeah, sure. it was definitely in the middle of the war. So, because when ninth grade started, I I lived with my dad, and they kind of traded places for a minute, and ultimately my dad took over. So um, this was I think one time when my mom was still there, and she come out, and I was pointing at him, and I threw it at him, and and i because i wasn't gonna pull i don't think it was low or anything but i was like i just threw it I, so i threw it at him and i broke the butt of the gun and anyways the maddest thing i think my dad was mad at He's like, he broke my shotgun you know? <laughs> this is pleasant view in the 80s i mean like it was i mean it's, it's country a little oh, bit man. you know so people would go to school with, with guns in the back of their truck gun racks back and then still know? a tractor day to school yeah, right yeah, yeah it's just like so i mean it's a little different now i'll be like oh my goodness why are you guys guns? like yeah so um Anyway, so that's the point. My mom's like, "Why are you out of control?" And she she finally took me to some therapist, you know, who I think put me on it in the first place. And they're like, "Well, maybe, um, maybe we've got you on too high a dosage." And I was like, "Probably." So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, so that I think was my first experience with kind of any kind of drugs in my life. Sure. And then kind of fast forward that into kind of a deterioration of my grades and the deterioration of my caring about pretty much what was going on. Cause my dad was trying to do the best he could, but we just had a lot of freedom. Yeah. And so I threw some great parties. I got really into like, uh, de- trying to date the cutest girls I could see and everything like that. So I was just like, um, you know i thought that was kind of the way if i get a pretty girl like me and she'd make me feel better it was that was great so, kind of
0: became your identity huh yeah, I, yeah. Just,
1: I had a lot of women problems back in the day so which just turned out to be really good for my 15 year old boy because you know, i was like dad give me some dating tips I like actually i can actually do that yeah so uh, <laughs> so but i thought i think when i was a, a junior in high school i was gonna go out with this girl and i was like i'd already drank somewhat and i, I was like that i was like i'm so nervous i like because she was a warrior at or something and i was just like i need to just maybe i'll have a drink or something i, was like, I can't go there smell like alcohol and we you know i'm not going to mention drugs by name sure. on here but it was like so anyways i found some other drugs that i took that, you know um but uh, let's just say that it was opiates okay, okay. so I just had the most amazing night of my life. It was like, I was at this hot girl. We were dancing to a Depeche mode, which doesn't make any sense to anybody that, unless they're my age. And so it was like this awesome night. And, I, and even the girl I was with I was like, man, it's like i I'm like in a dream or something. It's just, and it was just like, it was just, it was a great night, but it, it hooked me into a life of wanting to chase that high because yep. I, I didn't know I was doing this at the time, but I was just releasing, you know, huge amounts of dopamine. And so I, I'm having these dopamine spikes that are just going through the ceiling. And already I'm set up to be predispos- predisposed to addiction, probably because of the amphetamines the meth amphetamines okay i'm th- th- it's the same thing like i don't care if it's got one extra molecule just look it up on wikipedia it's uh amphetamines are amphetamines opiates are opiates whether they're coming in painkillers or if they're coming in heroin that's right it's an opiate yep. like alcohol guess what is alcohol whether it's in a beer or what's in vodka or ever clear or tequila it's just a different flavors different potencies it's still all alcohol you go to a liquor store it's all alcohol yeah that's the active ingredient yep. opiates it's it's just the um it's, uh, it's opiates, the active ingredient in it is going to be pretty similar to heroin versus, you know, pain pills and the diff- different opiates you've got out there. They're kind of in the same category. So I go in and I'm, I'm, uh, I, I just, I, that's, uh, once I tried opiates, I was like, oh,
0: this is it. You think, know, that's my think. thing. Yeah. So,
1: you know, it's, uh, and this why people get hooked on heroin and things. It's, it's cause it feels really good. Cause you're spiking your dopamine, like to abnormal levels. And I, I always to if you haven't done it, um, you kind of do when you go down a roller coaster or you, you know, or you have, um, I don't know if you ever hold the person you loves hand for the first time. You're like, Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, those are all dopamine rushes and dopamine spikes. And, and they are, um, that, that is what happens is it, the dopamine spikes go way up. And so you're up in a plane, right? And if you're looking at out of a plane and some planes flying over us talking right now, can they even see us down here? They don't. It just, it, they can't, you can't see normal life anymore and normal life. Yeah. is so much better when your dopamine spikes are within 10 feet off the ground. Yep. This is where all the fun is. This is where the, the action is. This is why you'll see your addict friends, whether it's pornography or, or or drugs or anything, they start retreating back and they don't really want to hang out with the family. They don't want to come to the family parties anymore. And it's because there's not a lot of dopamine there compared to how they can go clear up in their planet.
0: Yep. They don't feel good.
1: Yeah, so it's, it, like, it zooms you out. Yep. So like, do know if you've ever heard the movie Pleasure on Woman. Yep. Yep. Get it, watch it. If it's 45 bucks on Amazon last time I looked, it's worth it. <laughs> you'll actually understand your addict's uh a lot better. Just to understand where they're at. It doesn't solve everything, but at least it makes you understand that they really undo their ability to feel everyday normal pleasure. So yeah, you're going to have fun for a while, but yeah. you're going to undo, undo your ability to enjoy all the things that are actually most normal people are enjoying. So you're, you're robbing most of your life to look through a straw. One guy said, it's like, you could usually look around and you enjoy everybody, but now you're looking through a straw. Yep. And I'm here to tell you that going from looking through a straw, just, you're just trying to get up in that plane all the time back to adjusting back, getting your brain to balance back is, is a lot, it's, it's, it's a hard road. And so that's why most people don't think they can ever get out of that pit. You know, they're like, this is all I'm ever going to see. And what I'm going to tell you here today is that, uh, I told this to a guy in a restaurant that was running this restaurant I was eating at. And I says, you know, I, I, I've been through withdrawals. I've been through uh, a lot of things in my life, but when I was, when I was freed from all this, I didn't have any withdrawals. It was immediate and it never, it, it was gone when, yeah. when it was gone. It was like, whatever. And and he actually believed me and he flipped me
0: off when I told him that <laughs> he's like, he's been struggling it's been for a different long time. For him. And yeah. I, I, my, my experience is very similar to yours when, when it finally happened. Yeah. Because there were so many times where it like was forced upon me to happen yeah. or like I was supposed to happen for me because it needed to. Yeah. And I couldn't turn it on because I didn't want to like, it, it just didn't. Yeah. But then that moment came where it changed everything. And for me, same thing. Like it was, it was gone.
1: And it's, how do you get there? Is the kind of the, the big question. How do you get to that point where you submit and you literally give it over to the savior, and this so I kind of start uh, on that journey. I mean, we've kind of gone through this, you know. I was doing a lot of things. I had a lot of pretty girls, a lot of you know nice cars and everything else. And then I got to a point where um, after high school, it just kept kind of deteriorating. We partied harder. We'd you know wherever MTV when they they were actually cool, <laughs> they uh, we would you know go around to spring break and we just 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 had a lot of fun and kind of lived a rock star lifestyle. And 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 um, remember
0: celebrity deathmatch.
1: I can't, yeah, a little bit.
0: A yeah, little bit. With the little clay guys. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, remember
1: that? I remember Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, that was back on the screen.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are man, back in the day.
1: Anyway, yeah, it's like uh, I show my kid Beavis and like, <laughs> what is no, this? Dan, this What is, is awful. this?
0: No wonder you grownups are so messed up. <laughs> oh man. yeah, he's like,
1: he's just like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's it's so we I kind of deteriorated just like people do when they yeah. say, I mean you got to the point where even if we we're going to a movie, we had had alcohol, we, you know we couldn't even. You just gotta just, be like, in that zone. Yeah, gotta feel good.
0: Because and the thing and you said something without going into too much detail about it but you the more you do it the the more you have to use to try and get back there and yeah. the problem is 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 your body adjusting it gets used to it over time by the time you almost get there you pass out and you black out yeah. and that and then it becomes like this dark nightmarish type of thing but anyway yeah like it becomes this thing where you don't want to live in your regular everyday life because your regular everyday life is a shameful place
1: it's just so great too like and and it's it just doesn't it's literally like Looking at it from out of a plane window, you just don't even see any life happening. And, you know, little things, little things just, it just robs you of all your normal pleasures. It's it's, good so analogy. it's, I just, you know, looking back, if I was trying to tell myself that I just got into it, I'm like, oh, this is great. I can do whatever I want. Give me some pot. Give me whatever else. It's legal now. You know, like, just do what I want. It's medicinal, man. I'm <laughs> like, Okay. Um, I think I agree with the people that broke their backs and stuff, yeah. but it's like, even, even the people I know that are close to me, they're dealing with some serious pain. They'll say, you know, I'm really careful not to get really high off it, or I don't want to get high off it. I just want to make the pain go away. I'm fine. I don't even, that doesn't bother me at all. It's just like, um, you know. I would have had a lot of anxiety back in the day if it was legal. Yeah, you know, right. I'd be like I got tons of anxiety, man. Oh, I can't even <laughs> breathe. Doc, doc, give me that real good stuff. Your
0: heart beats fine. I'm listening to it right now. Oh, doctor, I promise. <laughs> right. Yeah, right.
1: So I mean, it got to a point where we were we were partying so much and doing so many crazy things, getting you know in and out of jail for a lot of stuff. You know, like just the typical stuff, like the UIs and and uh, but you know we're, our, we were trying to get you know I was taking money, I was stealing. stealing you know, I don't like to admit this, but you know, you'd buy a bunch of, you know, whether it was marijuana or something back then, you buy a whole bunch and sell it to all your friends. That's a dealer, you know, and uh, it's still weird. It's hard for me to admit that, you know. Like uh, one guy interviewed me, kind of put it in the title. He's like, "Addict dealer." I was like, "Can you be a dealer?" Yeah, that's that's oh, a rough oh, word, <laughs> man. I was like, it's true. Yeah, like I need to yep. just own what it was, and so it kind of it was uh, going going as according to the plan of addiction and in this hellish lifestyle the plan of self, addiction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. it's like
0: you should write that plan yeah, out sometimes right. <laughs> like, here's what we're gonna do yeah
1: i'm gonna give it to that jp sears guy like here here's a good skip here, for you because like, he's always doing that sarcastic thing all right what you're gonna do is you're gonna start smoking <laughs> yeah right? you're so gonna up. get then you're gonna get, get drunk <laughs> a lot and then it's gonna be awesome and you're gonna have this great time and you eventually most people that you liked and were good influences on you you're gonna tell them they're all idiots and they judge you, <laughs> you and and those are your religious friends and get those people away from you because they're horrible right they don't want anything but to stop you from having fun <laughs> so uh and, you know 10 years down the road when you don't have you know much left and, and there are some people that can drink and they don't have massive problems you know but uh, go ahead and roll the dice because half of you will the other half of you good luck you know like fine lucky you
0: well, and and even with those people that can do that what i've noticed about them is is they're very good at controlling themselves yeah they they don't drink too much when, when a lot of us get that in that feeling that you were describing and as soon as we get that feeling, what do we want to do? We want to stay there, yeah. and so we keep drinking. The problem is, you ramp up to get there, and then when you're there and you keep drinking, it's only a matter of time until you black out or yeah. until you have no idea what's happening around you.
1: Yeah, it, it, that's exactly right. It's it's a
0: great life. It's, it's a great lie, is it, what it is. Oh, great
1: life! I <laughs> lie, I forget. You know, it's it's funny. I was just, Everything you learned, and yeah. you're already forgetting. Right. It's, and the funny thing is, is you, you think. Um, you know, I feel like I'm pretty much out of the woods. But me and my wife went to Cancun over her birthday, and we went to an all inclusive resort. This was yeah. literally just in January, and we went down there, and they there was definitely a drink. One of my piña coladas actually had rum in it, and I was sitting there at the restaurant, and I was like probably just so I could talk about it here. So I'm sitting there at the <laughs> restaurant. And I'm like, listen, listen, if you're recovered, don't go to Cancun do yeah. an all-inclusive. You can go down there and don't, don't pay for the all-inclusive. Just pay for the hotel. Cause if you got to pay $7 a drink, you're going to think about it. But so it's sitting in front of me, I put it up to my lips. I'm like, Oh, that smells like rum. And I'm like, and I'm kind of looking at my wife. I'm like, do you think this has anything in it? And he's like, no, it probably doesn't. It's probably, maybe it's fine. Maybe it's just, me just drink, funky let me drink water drink here. And I was trying to lie to myself. Yeah. You know, yep. and I was like, Holy crap. You knew better. Yeah. I already knew better. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So yep. I was like. I was like, man, this is crazy. Like, I'm a full blown adult. I know that what's going to happen when I open this box. Yep. You know, it's one sip. Man. Yeah, one sip. We're going to have a great party. And sooner or later, after the freaking wreckage of my life, because I don't just, I'm not a weak partier. I commit. Yeah. I'm very dedicated. Yeah, All it's in. Like, all in. Yep. All day, every day. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. So. We, I get to this point where I'm at a really low point and uh, it came out where my brother kicked me out he had a house and he kicked me out of the house.
0: Tell and- me, give me give me your age around this time. Like are we just finishing high school? Where are we at?
1: Yeah, I'll fast forward I. finished school. Uh, I did go to some college. Yeah, I graduated high school though one seven, I think. Okay. I took the ACT and I was drunk. I still because we'd party till five in the morning, and so I was still pretty lit. And I was like, hey, "You gotta take this test." I'm like, "Uh, what?" And so I actually got into college though by taking a golf class in the summertime because you know if you if you sign up yeah. for a golf class, and, then you're in. Yeah, and they make so much money off you. I guess they'll take. I don't know why. Well, you're the
0: everybody. guy that's gonna stay in the system for 15 years. So, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll gladly yeah, take you. Oh bring wait, this guy your in. dad's a dentist too. Oh, yeah, this yeah, is great. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. welcome. Like, Come on in. Well, you, you, how
1: much money you got? I was like, it's covered, <laughs> We're fine. So I go in there and I really wasn't doing well in college, but it was this you know, and then there was all the frat parties and all this. And, and, uh, and, uh, I'm sorry to the, uh, gals that I ran into at the howl and Logan It's oh. this big party. And I, me and my friend were dressed as missionaries cause I had my brother's missionary tag and I had beers in my, my scripture case, my brother's <laughs> scripture case. I was, I was not in a good place. Okay. So we're walking around like we're on a mission. Wow, mission, And they're just like, that doesn't funny. I was like, Luckily, there was somebody dressed up like a priest and a nun, and so I was like, "Hey, isn't that kind of sacrilege?" Like, because I was not religious; I was completely. Racist. I thought everybody believed in God was like they believe in Santa Claus. Hey, look at
0: them, and then you hurry and row. Yeah. I'm like,
1: before you fucking slap my face, I'm like, "What about the that guy, the nun, and the priest, and they're over there kissing?" I was like, yeah, "Just come on, you, you know." Anyways, I don't think that's okay. I think it's very disrespectful for both. But I, you know, at the time, we to, to give you an idea of where we were at mentally, yeah. we just didn't really you know we were drunk and high all the time i don't even think i was trying to be disrespectful to me i was like this is gonna be funny yeah you know because yeah. yeah. what are they doing at this party <laughs> and why are they got beers in their yeah. hands you know? well it's most
0: fun. kids there are or missionaries or yeah missionaries, and so right?
1: so some people did laugh i, I think but i can't remember most of it but i do remember the, the girl that was gonna kill me and i think good for her for standing up for not disrespecting people's beliefs because that that was not okay for yeah. me yeah but the, <laughs> so um then we you know just kind of it the fun kind of started running out and we tried to get back that fun and we just, life got more gray and more yeah. miserable. And it got to a point where I had, uh, I had tried to, you know, even a couple times, try to take my own life. Like one, one time very seriously where my brother kind of came, found me and, and, you know, just saved my life, you know? and Did you, uh,
0: did you have like, was it, was it just the party that got, that got you there or was it bad relationships that yeah. added up to it? All the things, right?
1: Yeah. I kind of, I thought dating girls, you know, would, help and and so that kind of attachment to women and so when what i was really thought i'm okay as long as she's yep. in my life yep. it, i and when she kind of said no more and i was just like okay i'm You're done I, I don't care yep. and you know i i i'd taken enough stuff to kill a horse and i drove past my house as one last time you know i just kind of say goodbye and for some reason my brother was out front thank you ryan and he sees me and i'm just like hey but you know i could have been going to a friend's house or something and it, you know because this was back when i i uh before i left the house so to give a timeline this this wasn't this is probably the biggest time I tried was probably when I was about 18 okay and so, so just
0: through just finished high school
1: yeah and so and is Ryan your twin Ryan is my older brother okay so um and my twins Matt okay so I'm driving past the house and, and he actually kind of sees me He's just like I think something's wrong so he follows me and I kind of just went somewhere in parking like hey what do you what do you want like like, Why are you follow me? Like, he literally just, followed you. Yeah, he followed That's me all cool. the, the day. And he's, yeah. and he's like, he just looks at me and he started crying. And I was like, no oh, How does he know? How does he flipping know I'm in trouble? You know, because I'm like, I could already feel, you know, when you swallow lots of pills, it takes, you know, 20, 30 minutes for the digest and, and kind of go through your system. And so I can already feel some of the facts. I'm like, I got to get him out of here. And then when he started crying, I'm like, Oh, man. He's like, I, I'm not talking to you, though. I was like, You just need to go away. And he's like, Will you talk to the bishop? I'm like, Sure, just go get him and go away or something. And by the time they got up there, I mean, I think they gave me a blessing and all this stuff.
0: But, you
1: know, they 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 saved my life by taking me home and just, you know, it was, you know, and they were calling whatever the nurses and making, you know, whatever I needed. And, I, I don't know what they got me. And but.
0: that was literally you trying to end your life. Yeah. This experience. Yeah, Man, for sure. Brother.
1: Yeah. I, I was just, I was just completely, you know what it was. I'll tell you what it was. This is, I think how he figured it out. I'd actually called, I'd actually called my old girlfriend's house I think it was her stepmom. For a long time, I thought it was her mom, but it was actually I called her other house, which was her stepmom. And her stepmom could tell she, that I was a mess. She let your family know. She, she. I think she called my Good brother, for and her. so she said, "I think he's in trouble." Good for her, and man. So that's that's how I knew. So it, wow. Yeah. So thank you, because she saved my life. So. Wow. Um, so that was one time, yeah. and then uh, a couple other times I did try to OD. You know, probably when I was twenty-one or twenty-two, just trying to just do yourself in until you're done. Yeah, you would just wake up, and I guess I'm still <laughs> here. You know, so <laughs> I uh... well, thank
0: goodness, because man what a powerful story. Cause, cause as you keep going, I mean, there is, it gets, it gets a lot darker for you. Well, you're kind of in that dark moment without going into too much detail, but, but it's pretty powerful what happens to you.
1: Yeah. It was like a, a kind of a hamster wheel of, of trying to dopamine spike and and then just try to get my life back together. And, you know, I said, my son's like, how do you know how to do everything? My wife will ask me, you know, everything. I said, well, I, I worked everywhere for two weeks. So that's, <laughs> that's you know, that's
0: right. My, my story too. When you, when you become, when you're an addict, you literally bounce around and there, it's not because you have to all the time. Right. It's because in the back of your mind, you're like, I'm going to get caught. They're going to know. They're going to find out. Like you just, you bounce around. It's mine it, was waiting for the paycheck. And as soon as I get the paycheck, and I disappear. For yeah. And, yeah. And I think in hindsight though, I think subconsciously you feel like I can only last for so long if I'm doing what I'm doing before they find out. Right. So you kind of, you kind of are always on the move a little bit in some way. It's very strange. Yeah. My, mine was
1: just I, like, yeah, it was kind of like that. Cause it was just like, you know, if I could get my hands on the teal money, no, yeah. I'd stay longer. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> so tell me this, why, before we really go in further into your story, uh, tell me how you, it sounds like it sounds like you guys spend a lot of money on, on the things that you're using. Yeah, yeah. How did you afford that?
1: Just just uh, work and, and uh, take take money. I mean, like you just take money. You just take stuff from the store. You know, your friends would work in the store and they'd open up the back. You know, I, I could I could work store security. Sure. Listen, if you own a store and you have guys back in shipping and receiving, and they still allow this, and you don't have cameras all over that place, you're probably losing a You know, bring in a hundred cases of this, while two cases just went in your buddy's car. You know, that's just what happened. And so we we always had, you know, we always had a supply and we we stash it somewhere. You know, I I um uh, you know I be careful. What I say, but I guess it's been 20 years. So, but I mean, we had what we got. We found a place uh, that brewed a lot of alcohol. So we we took it upon ourselves to relieve them of you know like 30 kegs of it and so <laughs> they stashed it up in the mountain
0: they're not gonna know what to do expire, right? it's, it's gonna gotta, expire right yeah it's gonna yeah.
1: like they, i'm just storing it and <laughs> so we had like 30 kegs and you know half of them were wine mm. and so i was like what well, horrible having I mean, a keg of wine the worst you have worse headaches in your whole life so i was like but you know free alcohols and so it's just this kind of crap that we were just we would literally just, you know, I never robbed anybody with a gun or anything, but if we, if we could go in and we were working somewhere and could take something without anybody knowing, you just take it. Uh, you know, I, in the story it shows how, I, you know, I took a large sums. I was on my dad's payroll for a while. I'd write checks and then, and, uh, just to myself and, you know, and his accountant's the one who, who actually, uh, said, just, Hey, you're missing like 35 grand here, yeah. you know? And I was like, and, and where did it go? And, <clears throat> and, uh,
0: so it's a lot of money. Yeah.
1: So fast forward to when I was about 23 years old and, I was staying at my brother's house at the time and um, my little brother had called me and, and he had said, you're, you're in trouble. Dad found out you've taken money. I just heard him on the phone. He's, he's on his way out there. And I'm like, well, I don't want to go to prison because I knew I'd taken so much money. I was like, I knew when the the ax fell, it was coming hard. So I had a plan to like go to Mexico or something. I'd been there a couple of times and I was like, I'm just going to leave the country and live as long as I can. And he uh, anyways, before I could get outside, luckily my dad had pulled in the driveway and he was like, pulled in behind me when I was kind of going out to leave. And I was just, I start crying. I said, I can't, I can't, I'm sorry. Like, this wasn't personal. I don't, I, I don't know how to tell you. I'm sorry. I'm not really in control. Like, the, the kid you see in front of you basically one guy said it best he's like you know it's kind of like you, you get in your vehicle and you get in the back seat and you just let whoever else drive you know that alcohol or whatever else drive you around do whatever i was like this really isn't something i was trying to do to hurt you i i'm out of control and i i can't i don't want to go to prison i've been in awful. jail i'm like but this is prison time and i'm like I'm, i can't go so i have to either i could see there was not no cops with him or it wasn't any cops so i was like and i said so i have to go i can't i don't want to be locked up. I, 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 this might be the last time you see me and he's literally stopped me. And he's like, he, you know, he just, no, we're going to work this out. We're going to work this out. You need to come home. And, and, uh, just basically, and I was like, I don't think I can, I've tried, I've been locked up. I've been court ordered rehab. I've been, I just, I keep going back and I I just, uh, you know, but somehow I was just like, okay. And so he actually, um, you know, I'm sure there's some steps missing here, but I ended up back at his house, like the prodigal son. And, um, uh, which was another really cool experience, but um, I didn't move home right back then, but eventually I, I did go back home and my dad took me back in when I didn't have anything. And like, I'm sure many families have done further addicted children. And sometimes that's not the best move because you might be enabling them. So I think he made a judgment call spiritually. And I wasn't perfect. I moved back in. He's like, Hey, you're going to stay clean while you're here. That's the rules. And you gotta, you gotta start reading the scriptures with me. You gotta do scripture study with me. And, you know, I I think I was going to, it was just some house rules, like read the scriptures with him and, um, um, you know, say a family prayer and then maybe go to church. I, I, I think, I think we were sure. So we, I was in that situation for a little bit and, and I still was, you know, I, I dried out for a little bit and then I'd relapsed and, uh, just kind of just using again, and then it was like a Tuesday night. I was I was going out to the, uh, I was trying to go to Salt Lake or something to go to a bar or a club because I was just going nuts. And so I went down to my buddy's house, and I I said, "Bro, let's go, let's go to Salt Lake. You know, like you know, let's just get wasted. I need to get out of the house." And he's like, "No, I got I... these missionaries coming over, and you know, I know he likes smoking pot and stuff." So I was like, "Come on, bro, leave the kids alone. You know, like leave them alone. Like they're not hurting anybody. They want to believe in Santa Claus. Let them believe in Santa Claus. You know, that's fine." And he said. Mm. Uh, He's like, you can get the F out of here or, 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 you know, I'm going to talk to him. I set up an appointment. I'm going to talk to him. I'm like, you're just like into Buddhism before. Like, what are you going back into? So like he was Buddhism. serious. He like, was dead serious. Yeah. guys, yeah, guys guy saved my life. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I, I was telling I met his kids later on. I was like, yeah, your dad's a hero to me. He still is. Um, so he, That's cool. he, he just basically just screamed, man. Like you just stick around and go by yourself. You loser. So I was like, all right, I'll sit here. So I sat there and they, they ended up giving a first discussion, which I learned later. It was just like, because when I went on a mission, I was like, oh, yeah. this is a lesson you yeah. taught me. You know, I was like, but when the kid was teaching a lesson, I was kind of sitting back in the chair, just relax and kick back. And I, I wasn't engaged. Yeah, I wasn't engaged at yeah. all. And I was kind of listening to him. I was like, okay. And, and uh, anyways, I just, he said something. And, and he started talking to me, this kid from Delaware. And uh, I've not been able to find him either. But he uh, he started talking to me. And he says. He just said, "You know what? you feel that?" And he identified the spirit. He's like, "That's the spirit." And he's like, "Man, like you're you're gonna change." Like and I, and I, like it was kind of this conversation we were having it wasn't full on first discussion. He's, he's like, "Well, what about this? What about this?" And I started asking him questions, and he could see that something in me. I was like, "It's like, man, I, I'm on hope though. You don't understand?" Yeah. But it's like, and the Grinch when his heart first beats, yeah. and he's like, "I'm feeling, I'm feeling." <laughs> I'm like, "What is this?" He's like, "And, and my brother's been on missions, so I wasn't like, and my dad was in the Tabernacle Choir when he was younger. No kidding, you know. So it was like mm-hmm. I, I'd been around the church a lot. So I was like, this missionary is just like." talking to me and the spirits just like pounding me just and i'm like so what is this i'm like am i high already like what's going on and he literally stands up he's like you feel that i'm like yeah he's like because i what i did i felt it it wasn't that he was just this kid wasn't like an evangelist yep. you know he was yep. just this calm Spirit. kid. but he actually went evangelist on me for me he's like it's so strong it's so strong i can feel it you're you're gonna change you're gonna do you're gonna do these great things and i can feel it he's like it's so powerful right now and he's like whoa and he's like <laughs> literally that's how it's woohoo and he's like his companions looking at him like this wow, is I've crazy never seen this before and i'm like and i'm going and i'm like wait whoa i liked what they were doing so much and they filled me with so much light i mean so if you're struggling invite the missionaries over like but they like fast forward this if you're playing this for your addict and just say like if you're in a hole and you feel miserable i don't care if you're drunk and high all the time just get the missionaries over because i was always like somewhat sedated but like get, get them over there and just let them teach you and let them like just talk to them yeah just talk right? to them, because they brought that hope in that life yeah. into me and it started me on this pattern he's like can you just meet with us on thursday can you stay uh, sober on thursday and i follow them out of their bikes because I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, hey, we gotta go to our next appointment. You gotta let's go. I'm like, yeah, but you guys are like, this is something special about you guys. I'm like I've seen missionaries all my life. I'm like, I, you guys, but it was like my yeah. my time to be reached out to. Whatever yeah. it was, it was kind of like, you know, everything was coming together. And sometimes we just gotta be patient with those we love. And maybe they die. Maybe they we they don't get that chance here. But when I get through with this, you'll understand that they're okay. Yeah, you know, every they're okay. And so. Um, and if, if, you get to you get to have this light in your life. It's not a have to. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to meet with the ministry. It's a freaking privilege. You get to be there. You get to be sober. You get to be freed from yes. the enslavement of drugs and alcohol and, and porn. You, you get to be free from it, and you can be. Yes, I, I remember like because I smoked too back in the day. You know it was this thing before vaping. It was just like vaping, but you know, it's a cigarette thing. You're it's,
0: it's,
1: it's, it's like your grandparents used to do it. Right. So you had a <laughs> you, you have a back. You know. So I just remember thinking someone's like, yeah, when you're, when you're freed from this stuff, you don't even want to do it. And I was like, I don't even understand what that means. You mean I'm don't, never going to want to drink again? I'm never going to have a desire to? It's pretty freaking easy to be sober when you don't want to do it. Like, you're just like, that eh, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Why would I do that? Yeah, Like, yeah, put your hand on the hot stove. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, have a drink. <laughs> no, don't think so. I'm um, not even tempted. Like, yeah. it's not even like some people say, like, I just get thirsty and I feel bad for them because I'm like, I think there's a way to get free from this. Yeah. I'm not special, but I, I definitely, there is. you know, went into that. So. So we're there and I started meeting with these missionaries all the time. And I started like, you know, church, I was going to church and they challenged me to pray. And I was like, I'm always high. I'm always high. Like, I don't want to be disrespectful just in case there is a God. You know what I'm saying? Cause like, I'm not completely sure, but I'm pretty sure I've yelled at the heavens enough to know that I'd probably be struck down by now. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like going, okay. So if they're, uh. I'll try to stay sober till Thursday and I didn't make it. I didn't, but, uh, I was at the meeting still yeah. and I was not too bad too sedated. I was like, okay, I'm gonna try to be in a good spot for him. And, uh, and then, you know, I think it went out to use again right after, but I, I, I said, I just pick up the scriptures, just read one, you know, read it, read just a little bit, even if you're high or sedated, that's when you think about it. It's not blasphemous to pick it up and just open it and be like, okay, Lord. Because addicts, after they've had their dopamine spiking, it's the only time you can kind of think clearly because you're not so panicked to eat the food because it's like, try starving yourself for three days, man, eh, about a week. And then that's what addicts feel like. They, they're like, I need the freaking food. Just eat the food and then we can talk. Okay. It's and true. so you kind of get that. And so I did. I started picking up the scriptures and I was weird because I could kind of focus in on them. And all this kind of weird stuff started happening where it was just, it felt good and it felt like something, but, and I got kind of torn. You know, sometimes I pop pills before because I like pills. You know, so I'd pop pills before I'd walk into a, a, like my dad say, "Let's go to sacrament meeting or whatever." Which is, you know, if you're not LDS, this is it's just like church main congregation meeting, not Sunday school. So he's like, "Let's just go to the main meeting and whatever." So I could it's pop, like mass, yeah, like right where you take yeah. your sacrament. Yeah, yeah. So you go in and you're like, uh, I'm like, okay, I'll sit here. And I remember one time this girl singing a song called "I'm a Child of God," and she says, and I, you know, it's just a cute little probably eight year old girl singing. I was like, I'm, and I just started crying. I just walked out because I knew I was just. You know, the pills were about kicking in. I'm like, this is how pathetic I am. I'm sitting in a church and I'm, I'm going to go outside and, you know, either puke or something because, you know, I, ju- I just, you know, because, you know, before the meeting's over, I'm going to be, you know, dopamine up and high. And, and this is how, it's a pathetic situation. You know, I, it's, uh, you know, when I'm running out of money, you're like, you know, I remember one time I was walking to the store because I lost my car and everything. So I was walking to the store to go steal whatever I could to get more pills. And I was like on my way to the store just going, I'm so out of control. And I thought of no, no, this to, to any certain lyrics of a song but i, I just listened, just probably listened to the song master of puppets and i was like this this to me means something this is different because it's like i for me it was like i was a puppet and and the addiction was pulling my strings and i couldn't stop me from i couldn't stop myself even crying just going I'm, i can't even stop myself from walking that's just so bad and that's when you just want to take a gun and just get it over with and
0: that, and that goes back to what you said earlier about freedom
1: yeah you're, no, like, you're not free no no
0: you can either be free or you can be bound, yeah. and it's it's very real, it's very true. You're bound. You're like a puppet. Yeah. So, you
1: know, how much Pirates of the Caribbean, he's like, "Hey, i puppet." I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I was there. I, I've been a puppet. Yeah. Freaking, you know, not even a real boy anymore. You know, so it was <laughs> like, you know, so that's you know I, it, that's the situation I was in, and that's just when you want to just end it because you're like, I can't even stop this body from just going to steal to go get more drugs, and I didn't even care about food. You know, yeah. like you're just like, yep. just give me the drugs, and you don't want to ruin the high. Yeah. And so it's like I'm just like you know. um, but then,
0: you know, so this is kind of all mixed in
1: that time frame. So
0: you're no, kind of being torn at this point. Like yeah, it was ripping like me in you, half. your heart's kind of there's a desire to change there. Mm-hmm. And and there's the addiction. There's this this evil thing of where it's got the grip on you and, and, and you've allowed that to happen. Of course, it's by choice. But man, like you're starting to get some light. You're starting to see some hope. Your dad comes and like pulls you. I mean, he, he basically rescues you yeah. again. Right. Yeah. And gives you a chance. There's hope there. But still, and, I couldn't stop. Yeah, no, right? So, so there's got to be there's got to you know. be that miracle, if you will. Yeah, like it's got to change that for you because if not, it's chaos. Yeah, and you can only handle that for so long.
1: Yeah, and I, I compare it to like um, going to the gym a little bit because in the in the midst of meeting with these missionaries and with my dad, I I was starting to pray each day, you know, even just a little bit, just like just listening to him pray or something. And then the missionaries challenged me to pray, and it's like, okay, I'll pray. I'm like, I don't know if anybody's there, but uh, if you're there. Little we'll help, you know. <laughs> so you know, I don't know. I was like, I'm, I'm trying. I feel like this. These guys are. has got this energy about them that's like. They kind of glow, you know. It's like it's weird. If you're in a dark cave, it's like I can still see it sometimes. Somebody be talking during sacrament. Meet, I'm like, and my daughter, she can see it sometimes. She like, she bump me She's like, do you see him glowing? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, they're glowing. I was like, it's weird. And I'll move my head around. I'm like, oh, it's like they got an aura. Around. I'm like, somebody get a camera. You know, like we gotta take this on, on the TV. You know, like somebody's gonna believe me. This is real. That's real. I'm like, go over and touch it. You know, like we gonna interrupt their talk. Uh-huh. So I'm like, and, but I knew that these missionaries, especially this one particular one, just for me, it was just like you just glow. And yeah. I was like. Like almost like you'd see it. I always like, man, what am I taking? You know, there's a connection there. There's a connection. So, so all this is happening in, in this whirlwind, and 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 so now I've, I've moved back into my dad's house, still using. And once in a while, I borrow his car, trying to go to Salt Lake or whatever, like that. And then I was meeting with the missionaries, and so I got in this pattern of going to church and praying and and reading. And I, I compare it to working out. Is like you know, I was maybe doing a, a push up and a pull up and a sit up a day. You know, so it was like um, I would probably say maybe the pull up was like standing up on a ladder and maybe just kind of pulling myself because I didn't have the strength to do anything more, but it was really just about, um, probably minimal. It was a lot of effort for me, yeah. but very minimal. Like even if it was a, a sentence out of the scripture, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's where you start. So, and I don't think there's a quota, you know, I've never yeah. felt like there's a quota. Listen,
0: you can't go, you can't go do bench press and put up a hundred, you know, hundred bench presses in a row without getting to that point. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah, one sentence, that's fine. Yeah. You're starting.
1: Yeah. That's like yeah, putting up the bar while your buddy's helping you. you know, that's so. right.
0: And so what? You'll so do it again it's, tomorrow it's, and maybe yeah. you'll put up a little more
1: weight. Right. Yeah. And so that, that was just like, that was kind of all going down at the same time. And then once in a while people would just stop and be out front or something. I remember my neighbor, uh, sister Bischoff's so what we called her and she's, she just such a sweet lady. She's like, I remember she just like, I'm standing out front and I think I was going to go get some more drugs or something, <laughs> but I was trying, you know, I was definitely trying still, but I was like, and she sees me and says, Hey, keep going. You're on a good path. I just want to tell you, keep going. That's awesome. And I was like, and then she just kind of walked away and i was like she was kind of glowing when she said it. i was like what was that you like <laughs> that made me feel good that was nice yeah that was nice was like, you're, you're doing good just keep going yeah and i was like you know i was already thought it kind of like she was like a little angel so i like i think later on i was like she, sister Bishop's fine right she's not dead <laughs> i think i just saw an angel but no she was fine she just she just was kind of in yeah. tune she just knew to yeah. come up and give me that positive encouragement which i think is so important for um you know, people ask me, what do what, I got a neighbor that's doing drugs? He's, you know, hiring women of the night now. And he was going to church like four months ago. And he's like crazy. <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's lost his mind. And I'm like, you know, what do I say to him? And I told this to a friend the other day. I said, you know, probably like Sister Bischoff, Bischoff did for me. She saw me like a missionary sees people. Yep. You know, and if you've you've been on a mission and you think about it, you could run into a homeless person who's high on crack. And you'd like, yeah, hug it. Can him. we teach you a yep. lesson? You know, like come to church on Sunday. We wait. love
0: you. God loves you. Yeah. Yep.
1: We we can have you baptized in two weeks. Yep. Like well, are you sure? Like i am like, Yeah, just just don't drink anymore. Yeah. You know, just sober up and you're like and you have all this hope and you see the potential and you see him as the the as the savior sees. people. Amen. You know, you just I like see their work. Yeah. So that's first thing you do is you start looking at him like and my mom was pretty good at that too. And I think my dad was my dad's a superhero. Yeah. And my mom would do funny things. And when I'd see her, she'd say, When are you going on a mission? And I'm like, like <laughs> then yeah, <laughs> even in the worst of it. She's like, I'm mom I'm like high right now. And I'm like, this is hilarious. Like I don't even believe in God. And I I steal money. I, I deal drugs. I'm like, what am I going on a mission? I was like, she's, I was like, she's crazy. Like you have lost your mind. But she always looked at me and so I was like, we, you know, I hear that saying, we are not who we think we are. We are, you We're know, not. I am who I think you think I am. Yep. I play more to who I think you think I am than I do. You know, that's why you see people kind of alter a little bit when they're around certain people. Yep. And so they're you know, her belief in that. And just when people would see that good in me, it kind of want to be a pull toward that. Yeah. And I have a friend right now who's, you know, he's gone through some really tough times and he's struggling and he's not doing everything exactly right. I, I literally just, I, I just said, you yeah, know, I need to look at him like a missionary would. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you're fine. <clears throat> like you've gone through some serious trauma and you're not going to do everything right, but you'll get over it and yeah. you'll be fine. Yeah. Like, you know, you want to come
0: to church on Sunday? That's it. <laughs> it it's the, the beauty of it is <clears throat> like unconditional love means that you see that the, the mistakes and the failures are blessings, yeah. right? Like it's, you start, I, I, I remember a family member of mine was really going through some things and it was by their own choice. Yeah, These are big mistakes. Yeah, And I'd, I'd, I'd been through my experiences of basically wanting to end my life and, and I'd felt Christ and I felt his redeeming love and, and the atonement truly like changed my heart and my soul. And as I'm, as I'm learning about all these things, I'm, I'm really sad, but at the same time, like I'm, it's like my heart is kind of smiling yeah. because I'm going, man, what an awesome opportunity to really like connect with the savior. And and it's again, it's a choice. You, like you can't force anyone to do that. But I, but I smile because I know that God is working always on people. He loves us unconditionally. And just like you said, that, that addict in that moment that is in their dark time, or, or even if they're high, that, that minute of just stopping, like Sister Bishop, Bishop, or Bishop, Bishop yeah. did for you, just helping you to understand that you have lost no value. Yeah, that is everything to an addict. Like that, that's like, wow, that feels as good as any drink I've ever had in my whole life, if not better. I want that.
1: Well, that's like the that missionary that kind of set me on a path. He doesn't even know that I've sobered up. He pro- like he probably doesn't even know what came of me. I tried to reach out to him, but. I just never got a hold of him. So if you were ever in the Ogden Riverdale mission and you taught somebody back, I believe it'd be 98 ish. And you were yelling at him like an evangelist. Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. you got him. That's and awesome. You're, you're, I think he's from Delaware. And, uh, yeah. So he, it's, it's kind of that, that thing. When hey audience,
0: we, we need to, we need to find this guy. We need Seriously. To find, we yeah. didn't find this guy. So like, if you know anybody that served in Utah around yeah. that time, let's, let's find this guy yeah. for real. And he was more of an
1: introverted guy. So like, uh, yeah, so he was, but, but so. He, he but he wasn't introverted when he was teaching me and he changed my life so well, was when, from the spirit, when the
0: spirit's in your heart man you, most people aren't introverted at that point
1: yeah and, he, and i he would remember me because i followed him out to his bike and won't let, let him go to his <laughs> so so, if, so <laughs> if you know someone that's
0: you don't have to respect hey was, did you teach a guy that felt and then just no, like followed you for yeah
1: we were in an apartment complex in riverdale utah <laughs> i love it and uh, i think he was in a basement apartment and he it was just like because i was i stopped at his place yeah. to pick him up to go yeah. and then and yeah, I drove out there. I had some other missionaries that kind of continued on. I think when there was, I'm, you know, I, I, I don't know why they just switched missionaries. Sure. I mean, yeah. Transfers. But that guy was the one yeah. who really like, well, there was a connection there. Well, I always had girls around too. So yeah. the second set of missionaries, not, not when the first set of the second set, the other one's like, I, I was like, I literally called him out. I'm like, dude, if you don't stop like talking to the girls instead of me, I'm not going to have them here anymore because like, I'm here to learn <laughs> yeah. you need to freaking to get this stuff in my head. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not here messing around. I, I like I have it. to have this. Uh... So it's uh, it's one thing when you, you look at them through missionary eyes, no, I don't, don't enable, like I, I strongly believe in not enabling somebody who's down in a pit because sometimes you give them money, you give them free resources. It just and it delays it because they'll just yep. use it to, you know, fund, as long as I have money, I can fund my addiction. Yep. That's where it's going. It's yeah.
0: not going anywhere else, but to that. Yeah. So sometimes
1: people got to hit rock bottom and I don't know what that path is. It's kind of where I went. So I'm here, I'm back up in Pleasant View, And I'm, I'm, I come home from one of my jobs or something. And I think I must've been on the bus or something. And I, I get off the bus and I go up to my house and my little dog Scruffy comes out, you know, cause she's out in the front yard or some little cute little like shih tzu dog. <laughs> so she comes out and she's like, hey, welcome home. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, and I see this car out front and, it was a, a maroon Chevy Corsica, and it, it's like that was the same thing. Weber County Sheriff's yeah. Department undercover uh-huh. cars were back then. Uh-huh. So I was like, "Oh great!" I was like, "What ticket did I pay? I'm not going." I like, there's something I didn't pay, you know. And I'm like, "I'm not going back today to jail." So I'm like, "They're probably here forever." So I was like, "I'm just walking up the street," and my dog kind of came with me. And I still had a, a like a notebook with me and something from work, a pen and paper. And I just started walking up the street. Probably five at night. It was good weather, so it was. I don't know if it was like springtime or some early summer, um, and. I uh, was walking up the street and there's this canal that runs across the top part of pleasant view and i was just gonna go okay i'm gonna go walk up on the canal where there's not any houses and i saw a friend of mine's dad his name was bill price and he he's another hero in the story i think because i you know I, he just for some reason i saw him and i didn't really talk to him you know he was like you know i was friends with his son yeah but i, I you know when we were ch- kids and stuff but i never really like talked to his dad yeah but so he's like anyway so he just stops and he talks starts talking to me and i was like he's like how's it going i was like well yeah, you know, I mean, like, I don't know how open I was with him, but I was like, I'm, I am just, you know, struggle. I'm trying to do the right thing, but I, I can't get free from some of this stuff. I somehow related that I couldn't get free, and he said, "You've got to give it to the Savior." He's like, it, it, like it was the, div- it was like he was in the right place at the right, right time saying time, and the, he right, gave the thing. right message. Yeah. And I don't care what mistakes that guy made in his life. I don't care what mistakes my dad made in his life. These people were all in the right place at the right time to get, you know, one soul, the value of one soul, to kind of back on path, yeah. and. So he tells me, he's like, give it to Christ. And, he, and I started thinking about it. So I kind of walked away and I started walking west, westbound on this canal road. And I said, what, the, what, what does that even mean? You know? And it's like, just, you know, i got to give it to him. He's like, just kneel down and pray and ask him to take it from me. I was like, well, that sounds easy enough. <laughs> Why <laughs> I haven't I never... done that before? Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm going to try. Well, I'd yell to the heavens again. Like, I guess I never tried calmly in prayer, you know, just like, Hey, so, I mean, I, I, I you know, I was saying little prayers, like a well, little help here, you know, like whatever, but I really sincerely was just like, you know, so me and the dog are walking down the street and. Uh, and there's probably, by the time you hear this, I don't know if it'll be out now, but there's probably a YouTube video, so I don't mean to like double explain no, this. No, it's okay. It's getting released like later this week um, where I kind of talk about it too. But I go down down the road a little bit, and I'm kind of looking around. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I don't really want to like just kneel here and pray like in the middle of the day, you know, Some people walk on this road, and it'd be kind of weird. What's this guy doing in the middle of the road? And I was like, oh, there's some weeds over here, and there's a canal on this side, so I don't really want to. You know, I don't really know where else to go. I'm just gonna kneel here. I was like, I don't see anybody coming, and I, you know, I was really self conscious. Oh, for sure. And uh, so I knelt down and I and I just I kind of was just like, okay, I don't know what else to give here. I've been trying to go to church, I've been, you know, and I was just thinking this in my heart. I was like, I don't know if anything's there if anything is there you would already know if there's a god you already know i, I don't really know I, you know I, I see these people glowing when they're talking to me and these missionaries and like i was like in all this hope and but i'm like i can't have both like I, I can't because it's ripping me apart i'm an addict and it's like looking over the fence of a really you know you have no food you have no money and you just have to look over the fence at all the happy people with food and money and you're like that's i can never live that life maybe they'll let you walk on the lawn and see it a little bit and you're like hey don't you want to be over here and be rich and money and happy like i have to be happy like it's, it's seriously like lds people they really are you know they got problems but it's it's one of the happiest group of people in general that i've been around so you know it's so i'm sitting there and i i, I kind of just offer up this simple prayer and i really felt like i was at the end of my road you know like where i was like i don't know what else to do I, i'm probably not going to continue to try this churchy stuff if if because God. i can't shake i'm a popping pills right before i walk in and there's
0: got to free me from this thing yeah i was like
1: if anybody's there if you can hear me just take it from me like bill was saying like if you can just take it from me and at that moment I, it was, it was just like when my brother put his hands on my head um, and, and I felt two people that were right behind me and they put their hands on my, my head. And this isn't completely in the CPR story that's online. And, and that's that portion. Uh, Cause when I was describing it to Libby, who is awesome for uh, kind of helping me write that she's a ghostwriter that just helps, you know, put things in better words. Yeah. And so uh, when I was talking to her about it, she's, you know, so I, I, I the hands hit my head anyways. So the, everything just everything that moment when the hands hit my head, it, I just remembered so much. It just came back to me like, like everything, like, and, and it's like the world kind of opened up and, and I, I knew him. I had known him forever. And the only people that relate to this is the people who had near-death experiences. And so, no, I wasn't high. I was, you know, I, I was probably like going to go, I don't know, home to get some money or something to go get high. But at this point I wasn't, you know, and um, just on, it was opiates that I was on at the time. So, anybody's I wasn't on LSD or anything at the time it's just pretty much all at the time so even people on heroin will tell you that they don't they're not having these wild hallucinations on opiates or pain pills all the time you just feel really good you know when you have that um so but I wasn't really in that state at all um but so basically they were just right there and I knew them it was like if your favorite hero brother somebody you knew from your childhood like you know your parent or something that was just all of a sudden there and and I know this might sound like an alien abduction to people that are not religious but I don't really care. Like, you can think what you want to think. And when I hear people that say they've been abducted by aliens and they actually talk like this, I'm like, that's kind of convincing. <laughs> like, that's weird. Though. How could they have alien abductions when I, I didn't see them? I don't see the aliens like that. So what it was, it was just home. So when it kind of opened up, and even with your eyes closed, you can see. Yep. And so when I was telling Libby this in the story, it says I didn't see anybody. But that's not accurate because I could. See, I think it was just kind of the way I was probably trying to interpret it. She's like, well, do you see? I'm like, yeah, but you can see with your eyes closed, too. And then I open my eyes, too. Like a spiritual like, thing it's like it's like i would like i call it spiritual is a good word but i think
0: even in a in a physical way physical yeah, form
1: yeah yeah it's almost like um yep. it's almost like uh putting on a vr headset and you can kind of see the room around you still but it's like it's kind of different yeah but all i can tell you is it, i was home and i knew him and i was like <gasps> and i was like oh my goodness and going back to the suicide it was that that you know i, I thought to myself it's just all this rush of information and feelings it was like it was like kind of like if you're like I said in the other thing, when you, you, in a video game, you know, picture your favorite first person shooter, Call of Duty or something. If you're playing Call of Duty and you actually believe you're that dude in Call of Duty, and then all of a sudden, you know, maybe it's hooked to your brain somehow to where you actually, when your buddy gets shot, you're like, oh no, <laughs> I've done it since we are kids. We joined the military <laughs> You know, and you're just traumatized. You know what I'm saying? Then all of a sudden it's like somebody pulls off and you're back at your house and you're like, oh, I'm so glad. Oh my goodness. Okay. I gotta he's go okay. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's okay. And, and I, I, I knew that uh, everything was going to be okay. I knew every, I felt like every, we were all going to be okay. You know, and I, I uh, and really that's thanks to my friend River, who's no longer with us. She actually said this as well that we're all going to be okay. And I don't mean that in a way like go eat, drink, and be married, do whatever the freaking. No. It's like, it's in a way of going, okay, Um, if you're, you're not okay, and you're not okay here, that's, <laughs> that's 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 hell like that's it's why live that way why live in a way where you just don't like yourself you have a big old hole in your heart you just want that dopamine spiking and you know if you don't you just don't know how to get out so and you think that some of this is hocus pocus and all this stuff but it's it's not it's all like right there and i just understood so much at once i i I just remember thinking and I'm very chatty like yeah. on both sides. Cause they were even like, okay, we've got to finish, you know, like, "Okay, hey, he like, I just, they're just kind of telling, okay, well, yeah, you get know, yeah. we like it. <laughs> okay. I'm like, Oh man, I'm so glad you guys are here. Okay. Just do your thing. Just do your thing. And I, and I knew what they were doing. I knew they were fixing my brain. And if you had have MRI on me, it would have been like putting Legos back together. And, was like, <laughs> and I just, it was all, mm. all that, everything was fixed. I felt like I did before I started drugs and uh, everything was fine. And I started asking questions and that's what I've got this thing sitting in front of me here. This, uh, is all the answers I got. I actually had a pen and paper so oh, I was writing cool. it down while I was talking. So how you and me are talking, yeah. I was talking like that except how you know you're talking to to the home on the other side, you can call it angels whatever, but you're just talking to the, to the other side. Um, there's a couple reasons why you can't see it. And I understand the purpose of, you know, what some call the veil yep. of that whole like why can't we see home and all that. And, you know, I've heard a lot of different situations, but I understood it a little differently than I'd quite heard it because I'd always heard, well, you can't you can't sin right in front of God or you'd be cast out forever or something. I'm like, that's not the way it felt to me. And I'm not trying to like rewrite everything, but you know, everybody on the other side knows exactly what I thought about it. And, uh, I, you know, I, I hate to ask for another experience to be corrected because I don't have to go through the pain if it causes pain. But if you want to correct me at some point. That's okay. So, but the, uh, I really don't want to go through a lot of pain anymore. So the, because uh, sometimes you say, "I want to learn something," right? You're like, "Oh, here we go! Boom,
0: boom, boom!" Man, i beat the crap out of. Please help the me to listen. gain more patience. Oh no, oh, no never mind. No, I take no, that one don't, back.
1: Don't pray for that kind of thing. No, I think you should. Yeah. Yep. So sure. um, I'm sitting there, and I, I really understood it as that. You know, the reason I couldn't see everything is because if you're always in the presence of the Lord, and you're in a home in heaven, and you have the Lord is always, you know, you're always there. You can communicate. It's like like I was going to say, how you can tell you're talking to somebody from the other side is your mouth doesn't move. I'm not covering my mouth. And you you talk very conversationally. Yeah. And so I, I, like, if I'm talking to you, I can ask you a question. And when you give me an answer, it's like, I hear it in English. I hear it like how I understand it. I don't know if it was English or not. I just understood it. Like you understand perfectly. English. Yeah, perfectly. But when you hear something and that you're, you're told something, you get the whole concept of it. I can see how aspects of my entire life tied to the one sentence. So it's very three-dimensional, like a TED talk. I was saying in the other interview, I was like, it's like a TED talk interview uh, or TED talk. Like a 45-minute TED Talk, it was one sentence. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, I see how that, that concept ties into all these different situations I've already been through. And so... You see forward, backward, and in the moment, don't you? Yeah, it was like... I, don't, I mean, it was like... It was very in the moment. Yeah. Like, so I don't know... But but the, the, definitely the memories of the of all the different situations. Like, if you were to say, hey, how's... Uh, how does blue Bluebell ice cream taste? Oh, Bluebell. It's not Blue Bunny. It's Bluebell. You can't get it in Utah. If anybody is yeah. in other states Colorado. in the South, yeah, Bluebell ice cream is one of the best I've tasted. So they have. and now I'm not sponsoring them.
0: I, they, <laughs> so Bluebell, yeah, if you're listening, come, yeah. come to Utah.
1: Come to Utah. <laughs> yes. So the ice cream capital
0: of the world. So amen. Well, why are they not here? Yeah, family home evenings. Bluebell. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And a
1: lot of people don't drink here, yeah. and so we need our sugar. That's right. So that's right. <laughs> if you, so, it's like if I said this is how Bluebell ice cream tastes, mm-hmm. you could kind of like. I could show you all the times I've tasted it, you know, like in a way it's like this very high speed information of, of a thing. And then I realized another thing, I, these guys are like older brothers to me and they, they were like, like so knew what they were doing. So heroes, it'd be like, you know, just your best hero showing up. And, but I, I was, I really like to stress that it was uh, equality in amongst hierarchy. So I was just as valued and just as important. But the, even to, in the hierarchy, it's equal. equal. So it's it's, it's just this really, it's just, that's normal. And so I think that, uh, so they kind of got done kind of uh, fixing me. And, you know, I'd say with their hands on my head, what I would say is like a, in my church, we call it a priesthood blessing, like yeah. where they put their hands on your head. That's just how, whether if it was aliens, that's the way they wanted to communicate with me because they thought I'd understand it thank you like it's great and so i was talking to him and and I, I even asked if i should go to the church i was going to which i called it the mormon church at the time it's the church jesus christ Saints. i said well these missionaries are from there and i was just kind of thought that i was like can i go to the church and at the same time i'm thinking that it's like well it's these missionaries and I, you know they saw the whole concept of why i thought should i go here and he said hey, you want to know the answer yeah so my answer was <clears> um <throat> i can't do facial expressions on here but it was like this it's like right like a little confusion like why are you you're like talking to me like you're like back home you're like you're worried about what's going on but he's like and then i just got this whole sensation yeah it's totally fine you already know they're good people like that's it it's it's like this that's funny you're asking that question out of all all the things you could ask you didn't you want to ask like you know anything more like Like, who are you (laughs) yeah exactly but i already knew him like it's like if i felt like you know you ran into your brother you're not gonna be like hey what's your name bro because it's your brother yes like you knew him and so it's not not even a need for us it's like okay so should i still go and i think they were perplexed by why i was still you know so so i would say that it's non-intrusive communication yeah. so it's like they can't they, they are, i don't know if you i mean even though you're connected like mind to mind it is still not like where he was reading my thoughts yeah otherwise why would he kind of yeah like huh, that's funny like okay but he's like you already know other good people da, 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 da. so it's like there's a lot of anti yeah. toward with our church and there's a lot of people say oh your original prophet was uh you know did this and this and that and this and the book of Mormon is not true and it's you can prove it this and i was like i don't even care like you could tell somebody could prove the book of Mormon is not true. They could prove the first Prophet, whatever. They were all did these crappy, crazy stuff. I've heard it all, but I'm like, I do not care. I know in 2021, every Sunday I go with a really good group of people. I know that the people leading it now are doing a better job than I'd be doing. And like, so I was talking to my daughter and my daughters and my son last night. And I said, you know, cause some people say, well, I don't even need religion. I can be spiritual. That's fine. You do whatever you want, but I, I, you can go play football by yourself too. Okay. I just prefer to be on a team and if there's some shady history or whatever else, that's not that's gonna rock a lot of people, right? But I'm like, I still, I told this to a guy who's one of these podcasters. I said it to him through his Facebook thing. I says, you know, what I noticed you're wearing cotton T-shirts. You know, it's quite a shady history with cotton. Like I, maybe you should never wear cotton, even if there's really good people running the cotton industry now. Like you just you know what I'm saying? Things that happened yep. a while ago whether they're true or not is debatable. Like they're like, Oh, why would anybody say these rude things about people? I'm like, did you pay attention at all to last election? Do you think human nature is any different 200 years ago? There's haters and I don't even care. Like I have told my kids, it is a blessing. If you've got a group of people that first of all, want you to be there, okay and they're not making money off you to be there it's a lay ministry over there like i think what are we the prophet that leader is a a heart surgeon was probably been doing way better before i mean we'd probably sustain him with certain allowance or whatever because they're full-time but like my pastor bishop is not paid uh he's my neighbor he's a good man he's trying to do his best so is the guy above him and so is, is all the, the women and like they're just normal people to screw up and and who do they who do they look to to follow The Savior Jesus Christ, yeah, it's Church Jesus Christ. So I I went on a mission for him, and I was like, Because, yeah, he's like, Oh, his answer was, It was fine, yeah, they're good people. So I was like, And I know they're good people, and they're sober, like, you want to be sober, and you for some reason aren't in the LDS church or the Mormon church. He's (laughs) like, Literally, you know, you go out every weekend with people and you have ice cream instead of (laughs) alcohol, and you got a whole network of sobriety. That's right. So we do
0: sodas really dirty here in Utah, yeah, yeah, we're talking dirty with like creams and stuff, yeah, 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 we know how to do that stuff, yeah, we'll add up the sugar, that's right. right. (laughs) It's
1: like, uh So I, I, you know, kind of the pinnacle of the whole situation was, is not only seeing into heaven or home in the middle of the day, which was pretty miraculous. And I didn't even really appreciate this until I was, you know, reading about revelation and some people that, you know, like Moses and the 10 commandments and, and he's, you know, he wrote down 10 things that really help him. And I'm like, and I just kind of looked over this thing that my wife framed and I've got this frame sitting on the, the desk here. That's got these 20 things written on it that I was taught for my life. And I told my kids, I was like, this is actually, you know not to have ego involved or anything like that, but that's really cool guys. Like yeah. we should, uh, we should not lose that because this, this paper that you can see right here is the actual paper that came out of the printer. When I walked off the side of the mountain and walked downstairs, my dad's house, I saw my dad is like, he's like, like dad, I've been using, I'm sorry. basically, but it's gone. Yeah. And I, I have to go now. I have to go. I have to because my handwriting's horrible. Yeah. And I have to go type this up. Yeah. And so I literally went in and typed all these 20 things up. Oh yeah. And you know, the people that think this is all my subconscious mind or drug induced. I'm like, that's great. So you know, like, give it like I said before, it's like, well, what what kind of drug was that? If it, maybe is it reproducible then? <laughs> can you get a doctor in here to like give me the right stuff and this all happen? And, and you know what then I can just totally write down logical things and actually fix things and not have any shakes, not have any withdrawals, not have any, you know, they, they want to put me on methadone. You know they, they thought i would comatose if i came off the opioids too fast and so they were you know they wanted me to they were like you should probably do methadone so you could wean off i didn't wean off anything i didn't even shake i knew it was gone yeah. it was a total born again healing and when i went on a mission to georgia atlanta georgia well, um, it, I, I learned the you know the baptist and the born again i was like oh you guys got this better than we do that's exactly what happened to me i'm totally born again it, like it's and uh you know, rebirth I, yeah. And, it's, and I never tried to convert any other Christians or anything like that. And I'd often just tell them like, you know, we need to focus on the drug addicts and the people that are in real pain here on this planet. And, and let's get them some hope and let's join forces on this. Quit trying to tell me I'm not Christian because the Mormons think that there's, you know, God, the father and God, the son and the Holy ghost. They think it's three separate beings. And they think that same being is just three different manifestations. We'll, we'll figure that out when we get there. Let's get, let's help the people here. And that veil is a gift. Yeah. And the reason we all get to have this confusion and get to kind of figure it out and go through everything is because when you're at home, you can literally think of whatever answers you want and you can get them pretty quick and you can learn very quickly. And so this is the first time we've ever been able to feel alone. Yeah. Like you don't feel, it's like the sun is always shining. Yeah.
0: There. We had to come down here. Yeah. How do we, how do we get tested if we're at home? Right. You keep calling it home. If we're at home, how do we, we, we don't. Well, and it's not like, I don't, I didn't view it like a, like
1: a test test, like, some, like a classroom. Yeah. It's more like an experience. Yes. It's a learning experience yes. is how I view it.
0: It's, it, it, I. you said something earlier where it's like, look. Um, and I'm just going to sum it up in my own words, but you, you said something that really stood out to me. And it's something that I've been thinking about a lot. God didn't send us down here to, to like get rid of half of us. Right. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't send us down here because he, he didn't want us all to come home. Right. And I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like. Do I believe there is a hell? Yes, for sure. I yeah, do. It's because right on my thing here. We, we can choose. We literally can get to the point where we choose that. We, we can, it's dark, it's heavy, whatever. And, and we can, but. Who would do that right. if they had all the knowledge? And in in a clear mind to think straight. Yeah.
1: You, can, you can all pass the MCAT if you have all the knowledge in your head. Right. So it, this is a place where we've come to be born as babies that know nothing. And we get to experience this kind of rebirth of knowledge and in a physical thing. But we're not, we wouldn't even make the mistakes. We wouldn't even want to drink no. uh, soda if we, yeah. we're like, oh, that carbon dioxide and in the, in the fizz or whatever. You just be like, it's illogical to do dumb things.
0: And I think the beauty of it is, is when we break to the point where we recognize I'm not smart enough. I don't know everything. I need to find that source that knows everything. Yeah. It's there. It's God. And and that's, that's when we get to the point where it's like, we put it in his hands like you did. And all of a sudden the weight gets lifted off of us and the mountains start to move in our lives because we we've given Him a chance to do that for us.
1: Well, and it's a perk. It's like, you don't have to do it. Suffer if you want, you know, I don't know why, why you want, but it's like, it's also the first time that we've ever felt like we were alone which is a unique feeling. Yeah. So when I, I had, I did flash back to that it was one of the most impressionable things I remember was the sensation of thinking about trying to kill myself. And I was like, I was literally like going, I was trying to kill myself. Like, like you guys, earth is so intense. Like that's so, it was so real. I didn't think anybody was, I didn't even remember any of this. Yeah. This like, What an intense feeling that was. And it was like, you know, uh, if somebody you're listening to somebody with a near-death experience or says that they've seen heaven, and they're like, it's realer than here, it is realer than Earth. Now, Earth is really real. I do not believe we're (laughs) in a simulation. (laughs) We're
0: We're, not in a different dimension. We're
1: not in a simulation. I I think it's very, like, Elon Musk said that, uh, and I I like his logic. He's like, it's like one in a billion chance that we're not in a simulation, like if we're in what they call real life. But I'm like, actually, if you take into the fact that – it's just, it's very real here and it's very well designed and very well put together. I thought being an atheist in that mindset of just thinking everything exploded out of nothing, like, you know, or came from the back of some crystal somewhere. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's a cool sensation when you've never had that before, when you never would like, here's looking at this from a, a, a place where you have all, a lot of knowledge all yeah. the time, all knowledge if you want. And you're not, you're like, why would anybody want to kill themselves? I see the pathway they took, but I can't understand why they would get that low. Yeah. But now I do. So it's like, um you know, when my dad was suffering cancer, I brought this up in the other video, but he said, "Uh, my dad was suffering cancer. He saw some pe- people in the room when he was couldn't breathe because he almost died. And um, he just said, I knew there was about six people around me and I, I felt very peace they were there, but it was like, they were helping me get through it. And I was like, I kind of wonder if those six people, are, you know, were close people. I look at them like you're close people to you that, that actually understood what going through chemo and radiation felt like, you know, and they're the most empathetic. So I imagine if I, you know, when I get to the other side, and I see somebody who's, you know, kind of pulling out of what I, the, you know, the garbage that you and I were both in and that misery. And we're like, you got to keep going when they're all alone and you're sitting there and you're, you're, you're just like, I can't get out of this. I can't, I'm not going to get through this. And Michael McClain wrote a song that I listened to that happened to be in my car, uh, the car that I was driving, you know, one of my dad's cars. But um, it was Michael McClain and it was, um, it's a song called Hold On, The Light Will Come. Mm-hmm. And, and this was kind of the time I was using still in the missionaries. It was just one of those other moments where I was like, um, Michael McClain when he wrote that song, it was i i i was like what is this it was like exactly where i was at yeah and it's like i felt like i could see something but it wasn't he's like just hold on light will come it actually chokes me up to think about it but I just listen to those lyrics i was like this is amazing and i know he's had some of his yep. his trials with yep. his family and stuff and but I, i'm like well you know i don't care you know if the guy's done everything i don't know anything about him yeah but somebody's oh he well he did this thing wrong i was like i don't Doesn't care matter. when he pinned that song he he say he he was a he was a uh what do you call it like a a gas station on the on the way to a destination i yeah. didn't even know I was going on so yeah. it's like you know where you're almost out of fuel yep. and they just refuel you and I, I told that to my son he says okay oh, this is a pretty cool experience do you think you'll ever you know why don't you do some more with this and i said you know i think that i'm just a gas station on the way maybe my story is just that one little thing that you hear this and you say oh this is something yep. that somebody else has done and, and, and they've been through this process and it actually you know, so I'm just like, just keep moving forward. And I call it CPR for your soul. Is a church, pray, read yeah. CPR. I love it. It's that's the good. consistency that counts. Yeah. That's what people get wrong. Yep.
0: The pattern, right? Con- pattern consistency, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, I've taught
1: that ever since I went on my mission because it was, uh, it was a th- one of these things that's just like these 20 things right in front of me. Yeah. And I, I if people are listening, I literally, I'm looking at 20 things straight from heaven, straight to me. That is like, it was just answers to questions and, and, and things that solve. And it probably works really good for any addict. Matter of fact, the more I've been looking at lately, you knowing I was going to come do this, I'm just like, Oh, this is, this is so good. This is, I'm going to give you a couple. Do you yeah. want a couple? Yeah, please. I mean, yeah. This is just straight from No, please. Like, I love like, it. You want straight from I love it. it. And then, then I'll tie it up with the CPR thing. Yeah. And, uh, here's, here's a couple of things off to 20 things. And you you know, I can send you a picture of it if you want. Yeah, I don't, please. I don't know if, you want to if you're one. okay with
0: that, it'd be awesome. Everybody can
1: look at this. So there's a couple of things on here that I think are always pertinent. So, you know, I like number ten. Like I said, there's a Ted talk behind every one of these. Things. Like <laughs> we could do a podcast on every single one of these. Yeah. And so like, so like, I'll just go like number 10, this is for drugs. And it's just like, know that drugs put doubtful, negative, misleading truths, lies in your head. So I had a little comments here because it was like drugs put doubtful, ne- they're kind of doubtful thoughts, yeah. negative thoughts, you know, like, uh, I'm not going to get through this or like, you know, you know, it's like the funny thing is people have so peaceful when I smoke pot. I'm like, well, yeah, for a minute. Yeah. But there's also that side everybody knows about. When you're smoking pot. And you're looking around, and everything looks so stupid. And you're like, "Beating some butthead," <laughs> and it's really just because everything looks dumb. You're like, "Oh, my friend looks like Fred Flintstone," <laughs> and it's like, "Wait a second, I just think of negative crap all the time." Is there somebody outside? Yeah. Looking out the window. Paranoia. Oh, man, is that a cop? Oh yeah, that's a lot of fun. Paranoia. I mean, yeah. There's the peaceful side too. You're like, "Oh yeah, hippies." You know, let's let's uh, listen to some music. But and it, misleading truths was a big one because it's like you get truth, the, the things that you think are true, but they're actually misleading you, and uh, and so it's you know otherwise lies, but I, it worked better for me to understand them as some things as misleading truths. Like, yeah, that's true. This does have this positive effect, but you're, you taking a lot of crap with it. It's yeah, good. And so, um, a couple more is one is, is live in the now, not in the past, not one minute ahead. That was really shown to me so critical to get present. Just be in the moment. Yeah. And oh, that drugs taught me that came from my subconscious. Yeah. I'm like, no, I was not listening. Yeah. There was no such thing as Ted talks in 99, Yeah, you know? So yeah, live in the now, not one minute in the past. Uh, don't, don't dwell on anything, but the truth of God, which meant the, the truths of God are just like all the good things. You know, like are you gonna are you working hard or you're not you know are you
0: serving others? Serving others, are right. you being honest? You can yeah. work or you're trying mm-hmm. to,
1: you can be an addict and you can be honest. Totally. You know that and that's gonna help you uh step up, just be like, yeah, this is real, this is right where I'm at. I'm trying to do my best. Don't leave a till in front of me because I'll take that money. You know, just be like real. It's like put me back on the fryer, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's true. I can only do what I can do, but being no. honest and real, that's gonna uh, level you up to where it's gonna be easier to get out of that addiction, that's being really, dead honest. And
0: that's a really good important thing, and I think for those that have never dealt with a an addiction a substance addiction i mean everybody's got an addiction of some sort um that's something to keep in mind too though is is we we always tend to just run towards the fact that oh they're addicted to something so that means they're bad yeah and and, and mainly with drugs and alcohol like sometimes with pornography it's like yeah there's this dark thing about them but like they can, they're they separated from that when they're you know what i mean yeah. but drugs and alcohol it's like that's that's a dark path and like that person's just not a good person there maybe they're broken inside something like that so there's a little bit of grace when you're but, a missionary did you see him like that no yeah. in so fact get
1: missionary minded when you're looking at these people that's right
0: it, in fact all you see them with is love yeah. and that you have value and that you are you are far beyond um you're you're of infinite worth that i can't even understand no, but i sure it's not gonna let you move in either no they're for not sure just gonna give no you money either they're gonna be like, let me give you what you need for sure you you teach the right principles but but they love you yeah right it's and that then they look pure, at you like you're going
1: to you actually view them like you you're gonna this. be fine you can do this that's why the savior came well and even number 14 is don't doubt yourself for one minute not for one second and all that matters is right here right now and life starts right now. And it's a lot about like goal setting. And um, I think uh, one of them is, is knowing that everyone is naturally diverted from their goals. Yeah. That was weird for me to think you're normal. So any addict that's out there, you're actually fairly normal. <laughs> and it's not like you're, you're not alone. And you're also not, you, 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 there's been plenty of people that have gotten out of it before. Don't, don't think you're, you're the only nah. one that's so far off nope. the path.
0: There, there's a re- there's a reason that there's some people that will always say this thing will never leave you. It'll always be something you struggle with. It's like that experience you had when you were down in Mexico, right? where you were at an all-inclusive resort, there was alcohol around you, you smelled it, and it triggered a thought in your mind. But it didn't have power over you. That's the difference. It may be something that pops up every now and then occasionally, but it doesn't have power over you. That's the difference. And and when you go to an AA meeting, you don't walk away with that understanding. You walk away with an understanding of, oh, um, it's going to, the relapse is going to rear its ugly head every now and then. And I it's like this evil monster that I have to run from for the rest of my life. And that's not true. You can beat this thing.
1: It's either when you're really stressed or really relaxed. So yeah. like you're on a vacation you're like, ah, eh, it's fine. So it's, it's like, it's good point. one of the things that I thought was important is you might be, if you know, you're an addict friend or you're in that situation, I would think that it's like going to the gym. Um, this is, this is probably all it up here is that you, you must help yourself to gain God's help. And now, and this is an interesting thing. Cause it's not like you have to, you don't have to go to the gym. But it's like if you're gonna sit there and pray for six pack abs, <laughs> hey, please. You're like, you need to. Sh- why don't you show up to the gym too?
0: I don't know if that's what a miracle is. For God. To make.
1: Bam! There you go. He did. He did kind of do bam to me though. But it was like, I think it was
0: like, I you were you were trying though. Right. I was already at the gym. You were, you were putting forth the effort to I'm showing up. You were you were ha- you were having the missionaries over. You were inviting them over. Even you know even if you were still dealing dealing with the addictions, like you. I was
1: 80% honest then, which was, was, which a lot, a lot better. I got a lot more real. Yeah. And I think if you just start being real honest with those people around you and just owning your stuff, don't make it an excuse. And that's it. Yeah. Just
0: own yourself. That's a, to me, that's one of the most powerful words in or or powerful thoughts in this world, right? Is own yourself. Don't blame everything for what you are or the blame your circumstances or the people that told you you couldn't do something for all this, like for, for what, for who you are in, in this moment. Stop doing that. Own it. Oh yeah. Own it. I got myself here, and here's how I did it, and 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 start to look at it that, way. and that to me is like God saying, "Beautiful. Now I can help you."
1: own it and document it too. yes because here's the thing i think plan in your mind to be doing this podcast one day so you literally say you know what lead and your other friends will follow you and you will literally just visualize yourself sit at a microphone saying hey i actually got out too yeah and it's not as hard as you think it is it's brutal like going to the gym you're gonna get sore you're gonna have some rough days but study withdrawals start learning about it. i don't care if you're half drunk study withdrawals understand what you're the path you're gonna go through understand what it's normal to you're just like give me something now <laughs> you know um, and i don't care what I said yesterday. But just understand what you're going to go through. What's normal, educate yourself a little bit each day, and then just keep asking the Lord for help or to have the right people there that can keep, you know, those mile markers, those gas stations yep. to keep filling you up and, um, don't ever give up on it. And just like, honesty was a great liberator for me when you can just turn around and be like, I drank today or I, I use drugs again today. Uh, well, what, you know, why did you do it or whatever? Like, what can we do? Can we get you somewhere else? And like, quit making it like your, your life is over every time you do it. Yes. Just, just kind of get out of it. But I'd like to thank a friend of mine, uh, my friend, Greg, I won't use his full name just cause I haven't got his permission to sure. But Greg is the one who taught me CPR for your soul and CPR for your soul is something that um is it's a little consistent little thing you can do. And I think that if uh, I, I, I literally bet my brother like $10,000, my twin, I says, cause he was into drinking a lot of stuff. And I says, I said, if you can, if you go to church once a week, just for, go for an hour and you get on your knees for like 10 seconds, show some respect. Do not pray from your bed, you know, get on your knees and then read at least one verse out of the scriptures. Just one verse, put it on your pillows. So you don't go there. I says, if you do that for a year, cause he was atheist too at the time. And I says, you can't, you, I said, I'll give you 10 grand, but you can't, you can't be atheist and or you can't be an addict. If you're, if you're no longer an addict, if you're sober or you believe in God after I win, yeah, I don't pay you anything he, well, he there was that was the year he baptizes both his kids, okay? He's not perfect, and, you know, but he's no he's, still, he's doing amazing things now in yeah. um, Africa and everything. But that was the year he baptized his kids. He got his life right. And my father-in-law, Aaron, he he went over to his house. He was he's going like, oh, we're going to listen to this conference talk. And <laughs> I was like, what do I got myself into? So he's like, uh, but he, it was really cool. So CPR for your soul, it's the consistency that counts. And it's something that I've always done. And I'd, like, I, I'd attribute that to me putting that drink down in Cancun, just kind of having the sense enough to be like, and then just be red-pilled enough yep. to be awake to what I was doing desiring you're prepared but it's that simple you can breed pray and go to church do it for six months to a year and if it honestly i'll buy anybody dinner listen to this that does that and it doesn't change their life dramatically and if they're atheists they no longer can connect to the lord i want them to be sincere about it like really where you're getting on your knees and trying to talk to whatever's home which is the other side and um and just you know what the good things around you don't hate on them like if you sit there and you start meeting with missionaries i mean oh look at all this crap about this church you know what, there's crap about everything, but the people in the church today are awesome. It's one of the greatest support systems I've seen. I, I There's others out there that are just as good. Find a different church. Yep. But try to connect whatever way you can through, I, and I think that CPR is a big thing, but it's so, it's the coolest thing about this is, is when I went on my mission, I became a leader in the mission yeah. like for about half my mission. The last yeah. half was... Um, you know our mission they, there's two that help the president and i was one of those for a while not by choice i actually you know it wasn't like you asked to do that and i was one of those guys it was like it was kind of cool to call my dad and say dad i'm one of the top leaders in the mission said, i did something with my life but other than that it was really like okay can i just you know like it's a little bit stressful because i'm sure i'm screwing things up here but i, I just taught this cpr to everybody's like just just tell these all these addicts this is the pathway go to church pray read and just do it consistently one verse Five, 10 seconds on your knees, and we'll just go get an hour on Sunday. To meet with some decent, healthy people, and uh, and and your your life will get so much better. And I've I've always consistency that counts. And the thing is, is is now, this is since about 1999. Now we hear missionaries. This is how much your influence goes out throughout the world. So you don't think you you don't think you can influence people? Most people know a thousand people in their lifetime, and so if you post put a post out to your thousand Facebook friends. And if they just repeat that three times, you've now gotten gone to every person on the planet. So it's not very far. You're only about three people away. If you think about everybody knows a thousand people by the time they're 30. It was just this acronym that my friend, Greg, I asked him, I said, how do I stay? You know, you want to know how to stay where you're at, right? You don't want to go back. Right. How do you stay there? And honestly, I I can tell you is, is this is just straight to you. Like. I, I'm like, sure. I'm talking to the audience, but I'm talking, talking to you. Cause sure. it's like, this is what I want you to tell me. If you ever see me on the side of the road somewhere, you're like, I lost my veil all. And you're like, well, what happened? Which one did you stop doing? Yep. And if you just do those three things, you may fall, but you won't fall too far. And my friend that taught me this was in the front of a Hollywood video. And he just, he was like, guys like Billy Idol, like, like, but like anybody's my age, like he was a rock star. You know, I just thought he was a cool guy. He's always got cool hair. And I'm like, like Greg, what what do you do, man? What do you do? And he's like, I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you these three things. And if you do these three things, you might fall, but you're never gonna fall too far. He's like, You gotta go to church, man. And you gotta go every week. At least get the sacrament, you know, go to go to the main meeting where we do the sacrament with the like communion, you know? And he's like, Go there and he's like, Number two, you get on, you you you, you know I don't know if he said it in the same order or whatever, but he's like number two, get on your knees and you pray. And he says don't be saying that prayer on the bed. You know, it's like I know what everybody does. Just you know, pull your sheets up. Like oh blah, blah, blah. you know he's like don't do that. Get on your knees. Just show ten seconds. He's like and then just read one verse, man. Don't go to bed without reading one meaningful verse, one sentence or whatever. He's like there's no quota. And I'm like well, what about a chapter? What if I don't read a chapter? I'm not going to get enough spiritual charge He's like listen, it's one verse, man. There's no quotas. Okay, you just show your respect and try to tune in to the open, other side. Open up. And he's like it has been without fail. And it, you know, I know there's been I've watched he's, you know, gone through some struggles. Other people gone through struggles, and I, and I can always if I sit him down and they'll be honest with me, and I'm like, hey, what are the one of those three things you're missing? And, and try it if you, if you remember. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's like, man, I'm really struggling. Like, yep. you know, if you, I, I, I was listening to somebody else on a podcast, and I was like, what's one of these three things did you stop doing? Did you stop going to church? And they're like, well, I can't go to church. They're all judging me. They're all judging me. They're all judging. Me. They're all judging me. I'm like, really? That's not where you go. We're not. I'm sorry. I've been in enough churches. I'm just there. I don't even have time to judge you. No. Okay. By the time you get into your 60s, my brother Matt says like. In your 20s or teens you
0: think everybody cares and then in nobody Thirties, you think everybody's worried about their own lives yeah
1: man. then like by the time you're 60 you realize nobody actually cares no one does and so they do care and they do love you but it's not like when i first it's not a judgment, judgment type it's of care a judgment thing when i first walked into church i was scared yep and then but there's a million reasons to peel you away from a good healthy sober support team yep and if you don't think that there's Night and dark here. Oh yeah! You
0: don't even understand why Earth was made. There's an there's absolutely an adversary, and that's it's on purpose. That's the voice you hear, right? We see it even even. You know, like in, even in cartoons, we understand that where there's like a good angel, a bad angel. Even I mean, in Star Wars. <laughs> so we need to, we need to be a little nicer to people and quit pretending that everybody's judging us just because a lady across the, the way was looking at us when we were sitting in the chapel. That yeah. doesn't mean she's judging you. Maybe she's excited to see you there that day because she's been worried about you for a while. Right.
1: Exactly, and and exactly right
0: I, right. I think so. So I, I just got to say,
1: maybe she is judging. You, you should pity her though. Really <laughs> that's right. like, I feel bad that you have yeah. to live a life where you're judging me. That's true. But I don't you're think, so I don't
0: about. think that's the case. I just don't think people are that way because I don't, I don't, I don't do that. Right. We'll
1: look at it any way we want to. Sure. So that we can go off and continue to do other things. Whatever like, we're doing. That, yeah, we don't want to get off that addiction. Yep. Loop, right. So we are going. okay, well I don't I can't really get stop the porn and this is making me feel guilty. Yep. It's like I, I have I sat and listened to the last conference talks at our church and there was nothing in there. I was like, actually, and I bumped my kids because I know one day they're gonna be like, Well, it just makes me feel too guilty. I'm like, that's the addiction cycle. Addiction yeah. cycle actually has guilt in it. Yep. And then it has justification. Yep. Well, when you're in justification phase, that's when you're like, I'm leaving all these decent Healthy people, and yep. I'm gonna go over here with yep. my friends that are gonna let me do whatever I want.
0: Amen. So. And one of the one of the things I was gonna say about church too, and then and I think I've got a couple of questions. One one of the thoughts that I have about about church is is there's a support system there. When when you're an addict, and and I remember when I was um, in recovery mm-hmm. and really focused on getting new patterns and habits, CPR in my life. Um, I I would talk about my addiction with everybody. Yeah, and I remember people that were very close to me would say. You don't need to talk about it all the time, like it, you, like you just don't. You you don't need to. It's not something that everybody needs to know about. And I said, Yeah, I do. I I need people. Matter well, of
1: fact, I'm making a podcast I own, about
0: it. <laughs> I, own, I own it. I own it. Yeah. This is this is what I've done. And and in all reality, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find my support system. Yeah. I need you to hold me accountable. And I'm also by saying this to you, I'm holding myself accountable to this. There's there's a lot to be said about when an, when an addict starts to open up and talk about their addiction. That is a huge sign that there is some he, there is some healing and some growth happening in that person's heart and mind, and it's a powerful thing. Transparency.
1: Well, transparency is awesome, and, and if you look at it from both sides, you've got some you say, "Well, my bishop, did, you know, doesn't understand this." Well. He's just a guy like you. So if you if you want a good medical, a professional counselor, go get go get a good counselor that actually studied drug addiction and knows where you coming from too. Because, and then just educate those people around you. Let them know kind of why you're doing it. And because I I am also very open. And a lot of people say it's a breath of fresh air. But I originally, like you said, at first you kind of like, bleh, you know, you're like, this is me. You're gonna have to accept it. Am I okay? It's still, you know, you're kind of trying to bounce off and re-identify. And and I think that uh, you know if you can know that they're just. A lot of people, sometimes it's the first time and they're like, I don't know how to react to this. And and I think that, especially when somebody says, Hey, you don't have to talk about it all the time. They just view you as like, they're like, Oh, that's you're whole. Yeah, I, I you're don't fine. look at like, you I like that. I don't even see you like that. True. It's there, so that they're worried you're labeling yourself. There's
0: some truth to that, but I, but, but I do believe there's there's sometimes though that like family members, there can be some shame that we take upon ourselves because of the action, the actions of of another family member, if you will. And that's a, that's a subject for. A but t- you should pity them again. For sure. Because they're for the sure. ones
1: with that ego that's like going, "Hey, this is embarrassing." If somebody actually thinks that's embarrassing, like you don't want to look bad in front of these people, you're like, "Oh, you poor soul, come here." And you need to hug those people. You just go up to them and say, "Come here, you, you insecure person that wants to fit in." And, and that is, a, they're in a fragile place.
0: Problem is though, those people don't really want to be hugged all the time, right? So, but just do it anyway. Yeah, I know, just right? Do it just go, come no. here, you. Amen. But, Amen. But it's it's different. It's pray different. For them. It's different in every scenario. But I but I think the one thing is, just like we want to give people room for mistakes, mercy, grace, right? Like pick ourselves back up. Let's keep going. Like we, we want to be that guy that kind of is the cheerleader for everybody. Yeah. We need to do that for ourselves as well. You know, give ourselves some room.
1: This is exactly one of the things that actually was said. It says this, I was actually taught that exact same thing. Okay. Number 16 goes right along with what you're saying. Uh, it's, this is just something I was taught. Serve yourself and others as you would serve God Himself. Now, on the surface, that just sounds like, oh, serve others as you would serve God Himself. But the key thing is there, is serve yourself and others as you'd serve God Himself. So you're, uh, myself was first there. I need to love myself. You need to love yourself. Give and yourself serve yourself just the same as you would serve the Lord Himself and the way you'd serve others. And when you really, you know, as I've really gotten, when I am in tune with this, I don't even like, people that act crazy or they act embarrassed or they're like whatever else. And they have these inhibitions and insecurities. That's really an insecurity from their childhood or something. And that they're like going, Oh, I can't look bad in front of the neighbors. So don't, don't do this. Or, you know, maybe that'll influence my kid to do something wrong. I'm fearful. They're living in fear. They literally don't. When you realize that they that's somebody who actually needs, they need love and understanding, even though they're kind of throwing that shame down on you. It's like you realize it's coming from a place of they're, they're in a bad place to be projecting that. And how do you reach them? And if you start solving for that, I think you'll actually look at people like a missionary again, yep. even those people that we sometimes think, Oh, that's my parent or that's my brother. Who's been the stake president, or, you know, the big leader. And he's saying this stuff to me condescendingly. I can feel the judgment. And you're just like, you're like, oh, you know, that's, I would not want to be in his shoes. Yep. I would yep. rather much rather be
0: more on Christ's side well and like, love everybody. Well and so said. reach out to him somewhere. Right. Well said. That was very well said. Um, I, okay. So, one of the things you said in this article that I just love and that very much goes in, in, in vain with the idea of the podcast, right? Come towards delight. What is, the, what is the gift you've received in your most difficult moments that has now allowed you to see that light and live with so much more gratitude and just enjoyment for the little things, right? So, so, and you, and you mentioned, you said pain is like, you literally talked about how pain is a blessing is a gift. Um, so if you don't mind, like, tell me about, tell me about how that became such a, a gift to you, it, that pain.
1: It's just the perception, the way you look at the whole purpose of the experience of earth. So if you're looking at it for what it really is going on, you say, okay, we have all these different crazy crappy things happening. There's kids sold into slavery. It's all this evil and crap. Plus there's all this good, right? You have all these good things. And then you have, we're living in an age of digital information and you can have everything we want. We can believe whatever we want. You know, This it's, and it's crazy. We can't, it's hard to get the truth even now. Right. So and the the best thing is, is when you're in a right mindset, you're in a true, you know, you've tapped in through, you know, CPR, kind of doing your workouts and you're getting those muscles to actually kind of get really spiritually red pilled you know there's big red pill things going on right now <laughs> and um it's like just being awake you really look at those people that are judging you and other things and you really have pity for them you think how can i help them because and and you really even look at people who you're supposed to be you know you're in the healthiest spot when you're a democrat or you're a republican and you actually can listen to a leader from one side or the other and actually go you know what i don't have to think that they're uh, wolf in sheep's clothing amen you know like you can actually try to find the good in everybody because there's, there's some people that there's, they just are not tuned into any good at all right now. Just get away from them. But there's so many more people out there. We can just be around. And, and I think that the, that low point actually pushed me towards, I mean, when there was just darkness, I, the light was so much better and you walk through your life with anybody. Oh. You really will lose all judgment for Yep. It. Have you you will, ever seen that movie? You will love them. The shack. Have you seen the movie, the shack? No okay watch it before you show it to your kids but it's like some christians made it and it was really good and it's just all about I, you know even murders and things like that i don't say don't not you, know, you don't want to just hang out with yeah, them. yeah but it's like you don't know what they've gone through and i don't i don't want you know i don't even want to know what they've gone through some people are committing like heinous crimes but it's like yeah we need to lose our judgment lose our fear of
0: each other you even, know it's like even growing up in the same home doesn't mean you know somebody right you don't know you don't know so yeah, you don't
1: know exactly what they've been through but
0: Man, this has been, this has been awesome. There's so many things that we can walk away with from tonight and and you can just carry on those conversations. And, and these are very prevalent to today. Right. I mean, a lot of things. And, and I just think the message tonight is, um, those, I love, I love the analogy of, of exercising and and relating it to CPR. Right. I mean, if you want your, if, if you don't like your life now, You've got to change something. You've got to do something. And you can. That's where it starts is you can. You absolutely can.
1: And it's easier than you think. Amen. Just one verse. Yep. I don't care if you believe. If you think it's Santa Claus, it doesn't hurt you to try it for a yep. year. One verse. Get on your knees every night. Show some consistency. Show up at a church on Sunday. Find any anyone you like.
0: When when a lot of addicts have no money whatsoever, they'll wake up that morning and the first thing in their mind is, I've got to go. I've got to go get. I've got to use. Yeah. And they will find a way to get that money, no matter what. And then go read your scripture. So change your mind, (laughs) change your mind. And if you want light and truth and happiness, fixate it on, I'm going to connect with my greater source, which we call God. And it'll happen. You put that much energy into it. My gosh, your life will change in a flash in a heartbeat. You
1: have to put that new information in too. And that's when you start consistently putting new information because the same information in your brain right now is the same one that made the decision to keep using it. So just pile some more stuff in there. You you got to
0: shove some light in there in those dark spots. Um, and, And I just, I feel like what a great message to hear your story and for people, for all of us to kind of take a step back and go, am I loving unconditionally those that are in my circles? Right? you know, Christ, Christ tells us to pray for our enemies and that this brings greater understanding to what that really means. They may not be our enemy of like someone hating us or us hating them, but our enemies maybe are tied to like some of those commandments that we believe in that we know really help us to uh, give us the best life possible. Like we love this command. We love these because we know these are true and we see someone that's abusing it or or going against it. Right. And and maybe that's a, a form of an enemy, I would say, I would suggest. And, and so pray, you know, pray for them and 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 pray for ourselves, for our hearts to be more compassionate and more loving and kind and without condition. So, um, yeah, man, we're, we're
1: all having a tough time. Some yeah, days. You yeah. Know, sometimes it's good for some people. But even those people you look up to that are strongest in your life, they might have had a really bad day. They might be having a horrible year. Yeah. And we're sitting there going, you should act perfect because you're this this way. It's like, wait a second. Now I'm expecting them to be this perfect person. Yep. And it's like, you know, maybe I would just. Start loving people a little bit more. That's and it. remind me that when you see me being a jerk. That's it that's well that's <laughs> it. And, and that's that's
0: the beauty of it too, though, is yeah, is keep, keep is together. making the world a safer place to talk about some of these things allows us to um really open up and be vulnerable without feeling ashamed of like the things we're feeling, right? I think yeah. that the, the thing as a parent, you try and teach your kids. Hey, look, if you're angry, like talk, talk to me about it. Like, I'm not mad at you because you're angry. Don't feel ashamed because you're angry. Ang- Anger is an emotion everybody feels. Yeah. So talk about it. Like what, why? Like what caused you to feel that way or, or, or tell me what you think right now and don't feel bad that you're there and and let's figure out ways to like really process that. And what does that mean? And, and how can we work through that? And that's, God, it's so much healthier than like just beating each other up. So anyway, yeah. man, yeah. It, what an amazing story. And, and I, I just, I'll ask you one last question if you don't mind. Would you uh-huh. mind just like, would you mind just kind of like sharing your, your, witness, if you will, of, of Christ. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I've, you know, I, th- I think that, uh, I think that my testimony is really, I think, I hope it's not unique. I hope more people can connect. And I don't think me seeing home and, you know, just, you know, kind of having that veil part for a little bit is something that it's not, I think it's something that anybody could do if there was, you know, the right reason, the right heart, why do you want to do it? Do you want to do it so you can write a book about it and make a bunch of money. Well, it's probably not going to happen, but I, I would testify that I know there's people ar- with us all the time. I know that everything I, I, this is just how it was shown to me. It really is like, everything's going to be okay. We're all going to be okay. Like River said. And, but it's, that's a choice as well, especially here. Yeah. I, I don't know that, you know, I think I kind of wonder, I, that's why I like the church I go to because they're baptizing people for proxy that even passed on. So it's like, well, if they needed it. We're going to get it taken care of, you know, and things will work out. It's just, uh, sin is the things that we call sin or restrictive or something like my kids, they'll say, Oh, you're, you can't drink or you can't do this. It's like, no, it's a very much, I have a firm testimony that it's a perk. It's a win to be sober. This is why the early people in our church were definitely they're willing to die on the planes just to get here to be free. Now the children are the children are the children. They say, we just don't do that. We don't even know why we don't do it, but don't do it or you're bad. It's like, actually don't do it because it can make you really unhappy. And so most That's- of the things will just make you unhappy. And, I think that I mean that's like with the you know they say oh save yourself till you're married and that it's because it's I mean I use that with my daughters to just tell them I said listen I think that even when you're 14 15 years old you're if you break your femur you're going to feel that pain at a level 10 just like I will so if you get into a relationship with some 15 year old kid and you got all you know you guys got like a physical and everything like married couple or whatever and you get all that physicality going, even as an adult, you're going to start pair bonding. You're going to have that oxytocin. And and when you break up, one of you is going to be completely destroyed if you've gotten real physical and stuff, because that's what happens in divorce. Divorce is one of
0: the most painful things you go through. And that's not a mature enough age to deal with it.
1: If you wait till you're married though, and you kind of just maybe date slowly and dip your foot slowly in that pool, you can, you know, you eliminate a lot of a potential pain like that most people feel you know my dad went through his divorce he said it's more painful than death yeah and so it's like is that is that a commandment is that a a restriction oh you don't get to sleep with other people until you're married or you should be really fully committed to them and actually no that sounds like a cheat code because i've been through that i wanted to kill myself over the one breakup yeah and like i said so the commandments are more of these these things that we look at as restrictive are absolutely it's false they are more freeing because you're not gonna be sucked into this addiction and i testify that i know for a fact this cpr thing has been working for me and a lot of other people and it's just a kind of a slow regimen of constant good input listen to healthy things all the time and you know know you're not alone and you're absolutely not alone on this planet we're never alone but we do get to feel that way that's another perk and every horrible thing that happens here is is a way that we grow more compassion towards anybody that's ever suffered through it and we learn something from each experience and it, it turns into light like Turns into delight. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but it, it's a, it, you know, it, and it's kind of a funny way to look at it. So, but it's it's actually the way it is. And yeah, people say oh, I can't. You can't argue with you because you can't prove whether it happened or not. I was like, yeah, you can't get on your knees for a little while and really show that you want to connect and not just to be on Oprah. You just, plug in. you know, plug in. Plug in, power up. Plug in and power up. Start doing some pull ups and push ups, and you know, do your CPR. And then let's talk in a year.
0: That's right. Well, Nate, thanks so much, my friend. What a what an amazing story, and just a, just so happy for you, man. I love the energy that you have to like talk about this and and to help people. I think that's a very powerful thing. And, um, no doubt you'll make a big impact on a lot of people.
1: Well, that's the one I'm going to go get Beto's. So anybody else, (laughs) you can start driving home now because it's just over and hopefully you enjoyed your burrito.
0: Go get that, go get that greasy goodness in you,
1: man. Yeah. Uh, They serve omelets, by the way.
0: Thank you for tuning in to come towards delight the podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed today's show. I would love to hear your feedback. You can subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast or any podcast platform you use. If you or someone you know has a delightful story to share that I need to talk to, please email me at delight at gmail.com.